This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. I'm Anthony Nicolosi. And today we have a special guest. What's your name? <laughs> Is that, that my turn to speak? Yeah, go for yeah, it. Now you yeah, man. Josh Martin. Hell uh, yeah. Football player, NFLer, uh, casual gamer, uh, excellent lover. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I don't get great feedback after sex. <laughs> right on josh what's up that's how we like to start (laughs) our podcast when we shouted out the podcast i'll tell you we got a few like i got a few messages on instagram like how the fuck did you get that guy to come on your podcast (laughs) and i was like well look i i i met josh it's technically college it was like in an intern program Mm -hmm. and it also turned out that my mom, who is a dentist, was Josh's dentist. Wow. So, yes, for a very long time. So you know all of his dental history in, in detail. I could probably <laughs> look it up. You, you know, know what? I'm, I'm happy that you remembered how we actually met uh, because I cannot remember. I forgot about <laughs> the Inroads program. Like I was like, I don't know how I know Anthony, but I know that I know him. And uh, I'm happy was, to be on the show. I told Brittany, uh, my wife, one time, I was like, yep. Me and Josh one time cleaned out this closet together. You know, it was like part of inroads. We had to like move a bunch of shit. It was like build character. You and one other guy. That's the only thing. That's really, that's about it. It was like (laughs) amazing. But that right on, Josh. So yeah, you gave a quick overview, real quick. But you, you play in the NFL, but you also put out bunch of content you are uh l- let me see if i say this right are you how's how do you say it signed with vayner sports uh partnered with vayner sports how yeah do you say so so vayner sports represents me uh as an athlete and uh, they help with you know secure sponsorship deals and things um they also have been a huge resource in helping me create the content that i do create which i think we'll talk about yeah i'm really excited to talk about that yes so for those who don't know um vayner sports uh, is the sports agency Maybe I don't know if I can say it tangentially related to, you know, Gary V started it. Some I always talking about Gary V on my freaking Anthony's obsessed content. with Gary V. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gary, Gary V, man. That's it's his sports agency. He founded it uh, with his brother, uh, AJ, who was my yeah. agent. And uh, they're crushing it, man. They have an e games uh, athlete on their roster. So, yeah, they have Booga. Excuse me. Let me, let me, I feel old. E games. <laughs> <laughs> they have Booga, the Fortnite. I don't oh, remember what year. Yeah, the Fortnite um, World Cup winner. He is he is signed with Vayner Sports. So, yes, yeah. yes. right on, man. Uh, tell us a little bit first about uh, your gaming background. You you told me already. Yeah, but man. What, what were some of the games you played growing up? You know up what? And- I started playing video games way back in the day. Super Nintendo. I would yeah. play okay. Mortal Kombat with my dad. Mm. Uh, actually, I had a chance to play some PS One Mortal Kombat a couple of weeks ago. Uh, completely killed it, you know, kicked ass, took names. Uh, But that was the beginning of my video game journey. You know, fast forward maybe about a decade, uh, and I really got into 
um, Xbox 360. I remember when I cried when I got an Xbox 360. I got it for my 16th birthday, I believe. You were so happy? I was so happy. Because um, all my friends had an Xbox 360, and I didn't have one. I had to go to their house and nah, play. He wanted a PS3, like, and he was so pissed, he <laughs> just started crying on the slot. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So I got into the um, NCAA football, uh, then uh, the first-person shooters. So really big on Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2. Um, but also the original Xbox. Nice. Uh, Xbox. Yeah, yeah. The Xbox One, yeah, first. The, the, yeah. <laughs> the actual Xbox One, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So Halo Combat Evolved was my jam, man. Yeah. Uh, as you know, that really fun experience is playing Halo back in the day. It, I don't know if right you know this, but Anthony's literal like life obsession is Halo. So I have like you can probably see here. There's like two Halo things here. There's two over there. There's yeah. two. It's my favorite gaming franchise. Like so, it's, it's a good, uh, it's a good gaming franchise, man. So I'm curious. Yeah, I'm I, curious. What do you think about? the video game adaptation of football like what do you think about playing football in video game form rather than in person you know i think uh it's it's obviously has to be simplified um because when i play football i play as an individual within a right larger team when you're playing a video game you're controlling everyone on the field so it's a, it's a really a different game, but if you understand the basic concepts of coverage and blitz packages and formations and what teams can do out of different things, it's definitely a big help. So the, the football knowledge and background definitely helps with those games, uh, but it doesn't make you a good football gamer per se, if that sure. makes sense. Now, I'm, yeah. I'm interested because like I've thought about this before. And this has never been made before, but it would be pretty easy in modern technology to make a football game where individuals controlled every single member of the team. And it was like a It'd first person game, right? Like multi, like multi, you know, multiplayer, right? Like, like that'd be right? so easy. We have like hundred person battle royales, right? Why not? I mean, I guess the hard part, right, is designing gameplay for each position that is interesting. Yeah. Like, is it how do you make playing like a linebacker interesting in a video game? Compared, like, I understand why it's interesting in person, but it would be hard to make that fun with a controller no. or whatever. I mean, even with the when you think about all the different positions, like you, you really would have to specialize in a single position. I yeah. feel like in order to yeah. like be really good and have some success. No, it could, it could be, be an interesting, interesting concept, right? We have yeah, virtual fucking, football leagues. That would be hilarious. Right. That would be awesome. <laughs> you start a virtual NFL. We could have had NFL during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. We could. <laughs> that kind of rolls into something uh, that uh, that kind of rolls into esports, right? Like. What do you think about like the rise of esports? You know, especially in relation to real sports. Do you yeah, have... yeah. Go ahead, Scott. Sorry, Sorry, I was just to say, do you see it as like as like esports is like this thing trying to take away your sports, like sports is glory, or like well, how do you see esports and sports and how do they pair well, I mean, together? Esports is great, right? I, I, I was talking to Anthony about this. If you can do something that you enjoy for a living, uh, it's competitive in nature, it's productive, it provides entertainment, there is an extreme level of skill involved in terms of hand-eye coordination, reaction speed. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of talent and uh, technique and skill, like I said, that goes into esports. I don't feel threatened by it. I don't think uh, physical sports feel threatened by it in any real way they're they're different uh, right. but if anything they're complementary right there's an nfl video game right I, I think as long as those things exist and there's real competitions with real money involved and and like i said i guess if anything it elevates they play off one another yeah I, I it's true like the competition between the two could make both of them better in the end right yeah absolutely i mean when you i just don't there's there's no you have the sports games, you have the first person shooters, you have the role playing games. Um, 
there will always be physical sports. I, you know, knock on wood. I think physical activity yeah. is such a large part of the human experience. Um, being able to feel and touch physical things. Um, esports only adds to that, right? It just takes it into that virtual space, which we see yeah. with the NFTs and, and I guess the conversation you guys had. Uh, oh yeah, the NFTs. That was the most impromptu, unprepared. That was not our planned podcast. We just talked we about gonna... it. It ended up lasting like an hour, and then I was like, I really don't want to do a podcast now. Can we just make that the podcast? And Anthony's like, Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I, I mean, that's a that's an interesting talk. Maybe we'll circle back to NFTs later. I, I, I have you spent any time thinking about NFTs? I know Gary V. Right, listen, lately, you're you know, major on NFTs. I mean, we have our own Discord with the Vayner Sports athletes, and you know, in terms of different business endeavors, we have a whole NFT channel. Oh um, so, uh, am I deep in NFTs? Have I invested in any NFTs? No, um, but you know, I, I have some cryptocurrency, some Ethereum, some Bitcoin, and uh, just waiting to bide my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, see what's up. Yeah, yeah see what's up. I, I think I'm slowly getting involved. You know, it's been a part of the conversation. Uh, you know, I've had with my kind of money people that help me uh, make yeah. those types of decisions. You know, yeah. it's clearly there's some opportunity there, so it, it makes sense to get involved. Uh, but in a way that makes sense, you know, you have to be strategic. It's not something that you can just throw money into and hope yeah. for the best. I feel you like that's a lot of what's happening. On the end cat. Right. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to buy you know, your favorite crazy. meme for like a million dollars. Yeah. You know what? I think there's some real uh, opportunities for investment with some of these early NFTs. If you see like there's the right adoption and the trends. Um, that's the biggest thing. I actually just had a conversation about crypto art and NFTs last week. Um, and my thesis, I'm going to talk like Gary Vee now. My thesis is that NFTs, he actually tweeted maybe a week or so ago that 99% of investments in NFTs are bogus. You're going to lose. Um, and in order to play that game, you have to be playing with a lot of money in order to win. Yep. I think the biggest value that NFTs create isn't for consumers, it's for creators. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I And I was talking to Anthony about this too. Like, I think it's very... There are a lot of things I think are really silly about it, at least the current NFT landscape where like you're literally selling something that you can copy the digital bytes directly. Like it's not like a piece of art that was actually painted, right? It's like the same file. But mm-hmm. I, I actually saw a tweet by Mark Cuban where he was talking about how like in the future you could use NFTs to like manage IP, like intellectual property. Absolutely. Um, and that and stuff like that seems like such a cool landscape yeah. for NFTs. I mean, when, when, you, when you think of a deed for a house... That's right. what an NFT is. Right. It, it just proves your ownership of any particular thing. So any asset, anything you can purchase in today's economy can be represented. Uh, at least its ownership can be represented by an NFT. Yeah, exactly. uh, which, is, which is extremely powerful. Anyway, let's not have another podcast on NFTs. I want to <laughs> yeah, hear. Right? <laughs> I, I want to hear. Do you want to tell us a little bit about like the content you're producing? Yeah, man. So I started uh, really getting into content, go figure, when I uh, signed on with Vayner Sports. One of the no first way. conversations <laughs> I had was uh, with AJ Vayner, Chuck Gary's little bro. And he asked me, you know, hey, would you mind having a camera follow you around? And for anyone who's not familiar with Gary Vee, his whole thing with creating content is document, don't create. So, I, you know, I joined them for a reason because I wanted to establish a footprint off the field and kind of dabble in that space. And that's where it began. I started a little vlog series. Uh, you can check out on my YouTube channel, Josh Martin 95. And, uh, you know, I was visiting restaurants around the city. I made chicken and waffles in different restaurants, 
pizza. They're fucking good, man. Chicken waffles just are a, delicious. <laughs> no, but your just oh, a side, okay. quick side plug. Josh's fucking food content is outstanding. That's the few things I actually like bother you about on Instagram. It's like, holy fuck, that pizza looks good. Dude. Oh, man. Yeah, man. So I, I, I'm into cooking. I actually just picked up a neon sign. Um, oh. I'm opening a cafe. Really? Yo! Yeah, it's called Cafe Martin. It's in my uh, kitchen in my apartment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I, I think I'm really buying into this kind of home chef. What's uh, the specialty cooking, dish uh, of your cafe? Uh, cafe bacon and eggs. <laughs> ah, <a> classic. <laughs> you know, I keep it simple. You know, I, I really do like uh, chicken thighs, and I make a really good crispy skinned salmon. I like mm. the thing that I do. Uh, nice. Honey soy garlic sauce, maybe on a bit of rice, potatoes. Oh, shit. Um, you know, you name it. I, I try to dabble in whatever looks good to me, and and uh, it's an experiment. All my all my food doesn't turn out good, uh, but <laughs> I feel you on that. It turns out good enough for me. Yeah, I'm more of a find a random, weird, obscure, foreign dish and try and cook it kind of cook. So definitely, I come out with things that taste so bad sometimes. Do you, do you own a Do you own a wok? Yeah, yeah, I, I wok cooking and stir frying is like my favorite method okay. of cooking. So yeah, man, I, I feel you. I mean, I feel like. Half of the battle is just having the right materials. Definitely. I actually really want to get an outdoor wok burner. I don't know if you know about those, but like, because, you know, in like actual China's Chinese wok restaurants, they have like huge fire, right? Because you want fire like right on the center of the bottom of the wok. So you don't want to do it on a stove. So you can get like outdoor burners that like replicate that environment. But I have an apartment and I don't think they would like that on my balcony. Yeah, they don't like open open flames in my apartment. No. That that would be that would be cool, man. I'd be uh, listen. I love to cook. I love to eat, which is why I love to cook. And uh, I just try anything that I make. I try to make it good. Obviously, Uh, you know, the best meals that I make are when I think to myself, "Oh wow, that was pretty good, Josh. Like you did something there." You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's like I I could I would pay for this at a restaurant if I didn't make it. Yeah. You know, so like that's cool. That's my goal at the end of any yeah. dish that I. And try it probably costs you way less than you would have paid at a restaurant for it too. Absolutely, man. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, you, you get some deals, but yeah, um, <laughs> food is it's expensive up here. But I, I love it. The people are great. The city's awesome. Oh, that's Shit, great. Josh, you you won't remember this, but one when we were cleaning. So I have a, a fucking weird memory. Sometimes I remember things like extremely well. Sometimes I remember things that should be easy to remember. I don't remember them at all. But <laughs> I remember you, we were cleaning that closet. I think it was because I was about to go to New York and you said something about like, if you don't know what you're doing in New York, you're going to pay fucking $22 for a shitty ass burger. <laughs> and I went to Facts. New York and holy shit, man, it's to- so true. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to do your research because there's so many bogus food places. There's a ton of great food places, but there's some places where it's like that money would have been better spent making the burger yourself. And so I think that's that's uh, that's everything. So I'm big on the food review, the nice. Yelp, the the Eater, New York. Um, I like to do my research before I have any meal. I'm big on references as well, but only references from people who I know have similar taste as myself that know yeah. basically people that know what good food tastes like uh that i can trust <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. and, and good food doesn't mean expensive let me be right. clear good food you know i get street tacos you know three bucks for a taco off of a taco truck best taco i've had in my life yeah no that's totally true i'm also a big food research fan as well like i won't go to a place unless i am relatively confident going in that it's gonna be good <laughs> i mean that, that's that's the whole point right if you're gonna spend your money you want it to be like something worthwhile yeah, true you work hard yeah. for the money you know 
Anthony's a go to PF Chang's every time kind of food guy. PF Chang's in Park Meadows, for whatever particular reasons, a fucking step up. Okay, like it's so good. It's so good that you don't trust that any other restaurant will be as good as it. Right? I don't know, dude. I have like this mental problem, you know, of like I if I only have you know a window of opportunity. I don't if if the window of opportunity to experience a date with Brittany is uh, not consistent or it's rare i want to make sure we do something i like i don't want to go someplace where dude this happens to me all the time when i like go to places with other people who choose the restaurant i go there they get they serve the meal i'm like this is the fucking size of an appetizer man i have to buy three of these to have the meal it doesn't it's not particularly tasty like and so you know i'm I blew it, man. I blew the opportunity. Well, that, so, that's 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 a big like factor when you look at a restaurant review. Even my experience at different restaurants, how consistent is the good experience? Yeah, mm. having a reliable restaurant, uh, you know what you're going to get. You enjoy the meal. That's that is everything. So I, I respect <laughs> the PF Changs. It's like I could never see myself not eating Chipotle. Sure. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know what you're gonna get. Uh, typically, all the guac isn't the same. Sometimes they go half-ass with the guacamole. There's large chunks of avocado, but for the most part, you know, it's nice to have your staples yeah. in your restaurant selection. Their queso no, is also a little questionable. <laughs> yeah, the queso's a reach. I'm, yeah. I'm not a queso. Actually, <laughs> Chipotle <laughs> recently went in on Valorant streamers. They've like sponsored a bunch of Valorant streamers to like advertise their new quesadilla delivery. And Hiko today on Twitch was giving away like a thousand free quesadillas with like a code and shit. Oh, oh shit. no! Yeah, it was very interesting. Their quesadillas I, are good though. They have solid quesadillas. Yeah. I will. Dude, I this is with your play, Josh. Start streaming Valorant. You can play with Skyler. He plays Valorant. Yeah. Now, what is Valorant? That's the first person shooter. It's game? a tactical like, FPS like Counter Strike. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I play so, some like is Counter Strike. Is that like Rainbow Six or something? Sort of. Yeah. Sim, sim, sort it's of. It's more similar. Rainbow Six, right? Skyler, would you say it's more Rainbow Six than it is? COD? Much, much, much more. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, uh, I died a lot in Rainbow Six. I'm not a really big strategy. I'm more that, of a, yeah. you know. Running gun. I think Josh is kind of like me. Josh yeah. and Anthony. Yeah. I mean, that's shooting. how you're the Halo boys, right? And I'm over here playing <laughs> in Valorant. Right. Uh, okay. But Josh does, Josh does food content. Does but Josh does more than food content. Yes. Yeah. So I have my food content. Uh, thanks for getting this back on track, Anthony. That was really good. You've done this before, man. I'm taking <laughs> some notes, you know, because I host interviews as well. So beyond my food content, I. Uh, what else have I done? I had a podcast that I did for a while, Journey for More. You can see the sign in the background. Um, where I basically use that as an excuse to talk to cool people. And I think the most interesting guest, beyond some of my teammates and some really cool entrepreneurs and friends, uh, was Anthony Bourdain's director of photography, Todd oh, Liebler. So he was really able cool. to provide some uh, insight on some of his experiences traveling around the world with Anthony Bourdain, which is really awesome. Uh, and after that, uh, in the vlogging, I, I really wanted to get serious with my content in terms of making it a, a little bit more than entertainment. And so that's where the Making America Project comes into play uh, that we've discussed. And essentially, it was a way for me to leverage my platform to make a difference uh, without really knowing how to make a difference. So that's The whole premise was I have conversations with different community leaders in their cities and uh, across the country. Uh, we talked about issues like gentrification, immigration, race. Uh, immigration, uh, I said immigration twice, climate change, um, and some other cool stuff, man. Things that are important uh, and relevant uh, to today's conversations when you look at the kind of political environment that we live in. Well, and the thing I'll add to that is that in every episode I've ever watched, including the latest one, 
oh fuck i'm, I'm gonna forget her name janet janet i i can't i can't uh, remember she was the department like dhs under the obama administration juliet kind Juliet. juliet yeah yes, yeah she yes. was great um like in every episode i watch i get like facts like data There's a, a lot of facts yeah so that's I, we were talking about this too anthony that's something that i'm looking to change a bit i think facts are important and uh, that's something i've always said to myself when i approach the content with making america i don't want people to come on the show to get someone's opinion uh, without right. it being informed by the facts that we can all agree upon um so i was going really fact heavy i think now as we you know the content has been out there we we shot this over two years ago uh, the goal is to tell more human interest stories. You know, what are what what's the experience as it relates to these different issues? And I think that'll be a, a bit more uh, impactful in a way. It could be informative and entertaining, um, and socially conscious and responsible, and yeah. hopefully make a difference, man. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, what is the what is your real impact goal with this with this content? What what like what uh, do you hope to have happen? If, if it's, it's really, you know, I've had a lot of conversations. I didn't even let you finish your question, Skyler. That was that was that was my question. question. You got it. Okay, you, you okay. do. <laughs> you understood. Uh, I'm I'm a terrible guest. Um, <laughs> it's really, uh, I'm taking this from a friend, uh, a, a former classmate of mine. Uh, her name's Beverly Leon. She runs an organization called Local Civics. Uh, that is working to redefine civic engagement um, in her unique way, uh, specifically with like grade school age students. I'm looking to do the same thing, essentially, uh, get people involved and empower people uh, in their understanding that they can have an impact on their lives and an impact on their communities. Uh, as long, you know, with an inf by knowing what to do. Um, so that that's the goal to get people more civically engaged, particularly the Gen Z millennial demographic. Uh, with information, uh, accurate information, factual information. Um, and yeah, so that, that's, that's the end goal. That's awesome. I think that a lot of people in like this, like huge democracy we live in, right. End up feeling like they, their impact is very small, right. And that they don't have that much power to make change, but at a local level, people have a ton of power to make change. And I don't think they realize that of power and understanding that power in a democracy is all about organizing. You know, totally. when you think of the collective, you know, it's very team focused. Uh, a lot of my, my beliefs as it relates to making America and how we do that, uh, because I do believe it's an ongoing process in, in order for us to create the country that we want to be a part of. Uh, it's understanding the power of teams and working together. So that's that's a huge element of it as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. That, well, and that's double, triple interesting, Josh, when it rolls into something <laughs> me and Skylar have had Great a segue. fuck ton of conversations about because it, so Skylar and I met at, in, through our job for what it's mm -hmm. worth. In fact, some people watching the stream might not even know that. Me and Skylar work our our current gig right right now is we work full time jobs as software engineers and then part time we do we run the studio. Hopefully, with the goal of one day of supplanting that you know and making the transition yeah. over. But anyway, when we pre COVID, when we were working at the office. Uh, every now and then we take breaks and just talk about game stuff or whatever, take a walk or whatever. And one that we would <laughs> fuck ton of philosophical deep dives. But one one thing in particular that I keep coming back to that I hope, you know, one day we have the opportunity to execute is this idea of maybe a, actually making a game that could – the way I, the way I explained it to Skylar we talked about was like so much in life – 
is given to you at the beginning without any of your input, right? What era of time you were born to, what family you were born in, what like it's like uh, environment, culture, all that. You have no say on that. You're mm -hmm. born into that. And it, that that in itself, like if you will, the setting, you who you are, so even to the point of like the the hardware configuration, how your brain there's, we've, we've read all these books of like, some people are more optimistic, some people more maybe a pessimistic or whatever the fuck, or, or just are inclined maybe more to that, blah, blah, blah. Your biology, if you will, your environment, plus the experiences you go through and sort of the tools you have to deal with it at the time, sort of all kind of holistically form you. Right. And as you move and your perspective on the world and whatever, and one thing we always talked about is like, shit, man, if you were, it's easy sometimes to see another person and be like, man, like whatever, I don't get it. You know, like I, I can't, how couldn't this person act this way or have this whatever? But if you really could like go through that process, you know, if you were them in that setting with those influences or whatever, that stuff seems so much more, makes so much more sense why someone may feel be afraid of the things they're afraid of. Feel strongly about the things they feel uh, strongly about. You know, not understand the things they don't understand. And uh, this tying into the notion of listening, like being, you know, Gary Vee talks always a fuck ton about empathy, yeah, right? Empathy. I was about to say, man, that's, that's the Gary Vee's thing. Yeah. Being empathetic. Like, and that games, I would say, that we, we, we've we talked about before, and Sky, I'll let you roll in here, is... Uh, uh, has a unique is is a is unique in the various forms of media that are available to people. Like if you compare it to books, uh, TVs, or whatever, in that like you are the character, right? In the game, it's not like you're connecting with the character, uh, maybe uh, uh, tangentially, maybe very directly because of whatever reason. It's like you are that character, right? Yeah, it provides and you with this actually, immersive experience so that like you can actually experience what's happening to the character, unlike. A movie where you may feel immersed in a movie, but you're not like controlling the decisions that be are being made. So it's like a really unique opportunity to potentially have someone experience someone else's perspective in an almost direct way. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be extremely powerful. I think uh, when... A big part of the first go around with Making America was about having conversations with the idea of understanding the different experiences and perspectives of individuals and and really how those experiences inform everything that they are. Uh, and a lot of that is uh, a lot of it's very subconscious. It's, these aren't intentional decisions that people are making. Anthony spoke to it. We're born into situations that we have no control over. Uh, so when you're able to understand that and both sides are willing to understand it, it makes the conversations and and uh, it humanizes everyone. That's yeah. that's the reality of it. Yeah, and I think Anthony and I have talked about this before. I think a lot of people go through can potentially go through their whole lives without ever like thinking about their own thoughts. They're always on like level one of just like having their thoughts and living their life, right? Which is fine. But I think to like truly like listen to people and get perspectives, you have to be willing to like critically analyze your own thinking, right? And yeah, I, I, I think that's something that I would love to like encourage more people to do. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, Gary Vee, he talks about that self-awareness. Anyone that follows him, I, I think uh, I'm not a I'm not a huge Gary Vee disciple in the traditional sense, uh, but he speaks a lot of truth. And, and I think uh, when you're able to have that kind of self-reflection and 
begin to understand why you are the way you are. That's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Sorry, were you going to say something? Oh, you you just mentioned earlier. I think that this like relates directly to what you're saying earlier. That one of your friends was trying to help grade school children like be more aware and educated and stuff like that, right? And I think that that's like for me a huge part of like an issue in our society right now is that just like the edu- the like self education, like teaching people to be aware of themselves and like critical of themselves and thinking about their thoughts doesn't happen mm-hmm. until people are like adults and usually they have some traumatic experience. That like yeah. makes them decide to like finally think about stuff, right? It's like we use trauma only when people have trauma do they like decide to think about their mental health, and otherwise it's sort of just like an afterthought, right? And I think if we move that education to younger kids to like teach people when they're young, then that could alleviate that a lot. Absolutely, I mean it should be proactive and it should be intentional. And yeah. I think the work that uh, my classmate is doing is, you know, th- her language she gamifies civic engagement. That's really um, interesting, you know, to, to make it attractive uh, to the sort of younger demographic. And, um, you know, I think she's doing a great job. And I've actually been on a couple of uh, uh, some of her content. We've done some content together. So, um, yeah, I'm always happy to support other people doing good work. Nice. Well, let me let me ask you, because, you know, games, in my opinion, I think statistically data shows and everything like have an increase take up an increasingly larger amount of brain time for youth across the country right like kids are playing more games than they were uh, before for a variety of reasons the games are getting better quite frankly uh the accessibility of games has increased whatever right like Mm -hmm. the 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 barrier of entry if you will has gone down i think public opinion of games has changed as well so that they're more accepted than like yeah 10 20 years ago right so this conversation is touching on it because of these facts, right? With this trend in place and with the, uh, like literally what you guys were just talking about, the, the responsibility of being sort of proactive um, in, in encouraging uh, sort of this uh, internal reflection or whatever, uh, just among many other things that we've discussed, what responsibilities do you think that like game developers and publishers have regarding the stories or structures they set up in games because now all games have stories per se you know some are just multiplayer but then you know i i think there are different ways you can encourage community building and foster that too right so i don't know have you have you thought about that at all like what responsibilities does the game uh gaming industry have for the youth as we move forward too yeah, I mean, I think, listen, anyone who's creating a piece of media that is widely disseminated across a large population has a tremendous responsibility because you have a tremendous amount of influence on this group of people. Um, and I think at the end of the day, when you look at, I'm not an economist by any measure, uh, basic understanding of the economy and capitalism, supply and demand, uh, people want to see things that reflect themselves their reality and the reality and the perceptions are changing and i, I think uh part of that culture is is driven um by these creators but also what people want um you know people especially over the past year they they you talk about diversity and inclusion and, and things like that you see these characters in video games that have always been uh to some degree more imaginative and and diverse, you know, when you look at certain characters across universes and planets and even, you know, dating back to Star Wars. Uh I feel like it's always been a part of the culture. Uh, because there's always been this sense of other. 
right as a gamer yeah. and so maybe there's a different understanding of what it means to be uh an, an other and have that experience uh, but, I, but to answer your question it's, it's, there's a huge responsibility and I, I think uh everything is trending that way towards the marketing campaigns of different companies and and uh other industries so i think it's it's um the industry's well poised to to have a positive impact if they take advantage of it yeah and i think yeah. some games are already pushing for that and doing a lot to support that um for sure and it's yeah you're right it's such a powerful platform as we said before like the, when you when you have someone have an experience in a game like that i i think that could actually have the potential to change their mind about like a deeply rooted issue if the experience is like potent enough right so the power you have yeah. in a game is really a lot <laughs> yeah no i've listened I've, I've read that novels help increase empathy there there has to be a similar impact in you know video games which i would imagine can be a tad bit immersive they could be more they're more immersive than right you know text on a page i would think yeah. especially if we get into like the vr world and stuff like that then oh yeah that's next level right yeah well yeah and you have the ability to sort of autonomously i don't know not uh, autonomously execute sounds like such a boardroom marketing an PR word term, right but there. yeah <laughs> like you know you have the ability to act in the world and those actions are yours i don't know it's it's a little different than um the, like the thing I think that games have going for them, right? Is that I don't know if you if you what I'm what I'm going to circle around to. And sorry, look at my hand. Uh, my hand. On your dexterity is that for gaming? Is that what that this is? is? This is for like it's like it came with my squeeze ball, like it's stress like an ball anti thing. squeeze ball. It's like a reverse squeeze ball. Yeah, yeah you, you feeling stressed, out. man? You feeling stressed? You okay? No, you know what happens. Is that I, f I fucking chew on stuff. So like I <laughs> oh, I like will okay. chew on things I don't need to. So I just like got okay. this set. That's a fidget you know, stuff. Yeah, nice. Okay, okay. I feel you. I feel you. Good for you, also, man. That's, that's more productive than chewing on stuff. Definitely. I think I'm just also kind of crazy. Yeah, my mom will fucking kill me if I like break my tooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, the if in my opinion, when I don't know when you are. Games have games have a unique aspect to them. I think sports. I think this is oh, this overlaps with sports actually. In that the fun of sports itself mm -hmm. can like uh, it can uh, break down maybe or, or or reduce the friction of entry into the experience because like the sport is fun, and yeah. Maybe you're going to play it with like that douchebag kid from school. Like he's on your team, right? Mm -hmm. But like the sport is fun and you can like kind of, and maybe in the event of like playing together, you even kind of like bond a little bit or whatever. Like the, the intrinsic enjoyment of the sport gets you in the door. Um, even if maybe the people you're playing with or whatever are not like the kinds of people you usually associate yourself with or whatever mm -hmm. the heck, um, or, uh, in the case of a game, like maybe the game is, looks fun and like the content of the story is not necessarily what you'd be like going for mm -hmm. in a, you know, like that you're looking for in a game, but the game is fun. So like the, the funness for the monkey brain gets you in the door. And then once you're in the door, you have an opportunity to potentially experience something that can help you like, uh, reflect on something you wouldn't reflect on otherwise or whatever yeah um, i'll say at a really simple level also just like what you're saying with sports getting people involved with people they may not normally interact with which is valuable too right I, games do that so much right you're playing an online absolutely. game i've met so many people from like around the world playing games who i would have never talked to in like 
learned about th- like other cultures just through meeting people in video games, right? That you would have never had the opportunity to do if you didn't if I didn't play video games. Yeah, I mean, listen, I played football. That's what that's what began my football career. I mean, I was interested in the sport, but my family moved across the town um, and I didn't have any friends at the high school that I was going to. So I, I played football to make friends. friends. And when you think about this idea of community, the sense of belonging, that's something that football and video games have in common. They bring people together over joy or love of the sport. And at the end of the day, you might be very different from one of your teammates or someone that you're playing with, but you do have that one thing in common you that you share uh, in that playing experience. Yeah. Yep. All right on, Josh. I'm I am running out of the questions I wanted to ask Josh Skyler. Are you there anything on the I have one. I have one that I'm interested to ask. Go Josh, for but, go for yours. I'll, and I will okay. form the this, wording it, of my I actually think it kind of rolls in kind of nicely here, Josh. This, these are my skills, my Lex, podcast uh, okay. segueing skills. And when he, like, when he here, points man. it out, it becomes even even better. Have <laughs> you ever thought about changes to the actual game of football that would make it more fun? For example, you know, you played at the end. You were playing linebacker, right? Were you always playing linebacker? I wanted to say you were a defensive end at some point, right? Was that yeah. in college? I was a defensive end in college in my last year of high school. I also played offensive tackle senior year. I played wide oh, receiver when I was in high school. I oh, played shit. safety when I was in high school. Um, are there any changes that I think could be made to the game of football that would make it more fun? Yeah, yeah, like you know, were you ever like on while the offense was driving down the field, you're sitting there and you're like, you know what, fourth down is fucking boring as fuck. Instead of how they do it now, they should just get the two strongest dudes on the field, and whoever fucking wrestles and wins, you know, the that team gets possession of the ball. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some elements that you see in other football leagues. I think the XFL uh, instead of a coin toss, they had like a like a ten yard sprint uh, to <laughs> the ball. Whoever got the ball got you know got the ball. You like had to get the game. ball in order to yeah. Uh, I think there's certain elements that you could add to the game that would make it more fun. Um, there, and there's there's an important distinction to make: it more fun to watch or more fun to play. It's Ooh. true. I I'm always a I'm always a more fun to play kind of a uh, kind of guy when I think about the design of games. Um, but watch it. Watchability is obviously important for like the football industry, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, so I, I don't know. Do you have both? I, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, something like that. Listen, when you raise the level of physicality um, in a that's game, a good thing. Um, that's a good thing for the viewer. But when you think, sure, when I think sure. of what would make football more fun, my first thought is, oh, if they could limit injuries. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Into, <laughs> like, it would be like way the more football fun. player life <laughs> expectancy wasn't yeah. like significantly lower than average people. That would be great, yeah, I think. Listen, my, my first thought when it's like, I can't remember something, is like, oh, how did me and Anthony meet? It's like, fuck. It was yeah, like that got tackled out of me three years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's like yeah. I forget, man. You know, you run into enough people, uh, <laughs> and you start to question your mind and your brain. And then, you yeah. know, I, I tore my shoulder a couple years ago. That's real, man. That shit was out of its socket, just hanging there. Yeah, and just, just, oh, yeah I guess does the physical? It wasn't. It wasn't very fun. It wasn't no. very fun. Does the physicality <laughs> of football? Like, I I think that's a novelty that a lot of people who go into playing football are like excited for, right? But does that sort of get old after a while? Like the fact that it's so physical. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I to me, some people love the physical. I was a very physical player. Sure, you, can, you know, I can you can dial up. The, well, I was a linebacker. A physical, I, you know, yeah, you have a physical uh, position. Yeah, so I think um, it's something that I definitely you have to embrace to be successful in the game. Of course, um, I don't consider myself a violent person, which is uh, 
you know, it sounds funny to say out loud. Um, but I, I think that's a tough question because there's part of me that enjoys the physical challenge. Uh, you know, you lined up from someone who's going to win, who's going to be more physical, who prepared more. Uh, part of that is mental. Um, right. Part of that is physical and kind of the unique combination of both challenges is what was most appealing to me. So I can't say that I was completely turned off by the physicality. Obviously, I you know played in the NFL for a number of years. Um, so it's something that was appealing to me. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I pay for it. You know, sure. a few surgeries later, a few concussions and um, maybe some lost memories. Not really sure if they're completely due to football, but, you know, you pay, you pay for that shit. Like, you know, they, they get it out of you. Yeah, I'm a yeah, because I'm thinking like you talk about the mental aspect, right? I mean, there's a reason you decided to like play football instead of chess, right? Or something like that. Yeah, I mean, f- like I said, to make friends. Yeah, right? football, I guess that's true. You're not going to make many friends play chess, I got to say. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can, but I, I think there's something that's you know, it's pretty intimate about football when you're doing a team workout and half the team is passed out puking. Like there's, there's maybe some some kind of trauma bonding, um, (laughs) but it's just like, there's, there's a, there's a vulnerability. It's like, all right, man, we've, we, we're in this together type of uh, deal, which I think is really powerful. Um, And to be fair, I was born in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. So Texas and football are practically synonymous and I didn't get a chance to play until my high school year. So I'd always wanted to play. Uh, and it turned out I had the opportunity to play in high school, um, and I did. I took it. Nice. Yeah. I guess it has a little bit to do with upbringing and circumstance too that could have brought you to football. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And my parents were. My mom. I don't. She wasn't really a big fan of football. Um, my parents were really supportive in the sense that they wanted me to be happy. They wanted me to do something that I enjoy, and they wanted me to be uh, secure um, in ways that they maybe weren't. And and so I've been able to achieve that. Uh, they were huge uh, supporters of me and pursuing my dreams, whether they be academic or athletic. Um, and so that that goes a long way too. That's that's definitely part of the uh, environment that I I grew up in. That's really interesting. All right, I have a complicated question for you, but I'm okay. if I can, if I can ask it correctly, I'm very curious for what your what your answer is. Anthony, I okay. had a whole podcast or a large part of a podcast where we argue where I argued that there was a problem with the like game design of a lot of sports. And that was that, like, for example, the best examples are, in my opinion, basketball and soccer, is that there are rules in place in those games that encourage people to attempt to, like, break the rules in a, like, roundabout way to gain an advantage, like, for, like, fouling in basketball. Originally, Mm -hmm. obviously, the rules about fouling were there to prevent people from getting hurt, to prevent people Mm -hmm. from, like, doing something that could really, like, damage another person um Uh but that's sort of evolved now to where fouling is a part of the strategy in basketball and same thing with soccer right like soccer penalties are such an advantage that people literally like fake getting slide tackle like fake getting tackled in soccer in order to get a penalty because it's so valuable to get Mm -hmm. one like and that yeah and in uh, football for what it's just to add the football one like Pass interferences, uh, you know, you, you always see them trying to move people over. Like, actually, I'd be interested in what you like, you know, the offside kind of thing, like right at the beginning. Yeah, you know, you got to get people to jump offside. I would be the t- person that they would try to get, you know, to jump right, offside. Exactly. There, there's, there's so many. I, so, are you asking to fix a flaw in the video game or the game itself? In the well, just like, what do you think about that as far as like the design of the game? Like, is that good for the game? The fact that like people want to try and basically 
get people to break the rules to gain an advantage rather than just play like what the pure game is, I guess, right? Yeah, but I, th- I think when it comes to winning and you, the rules are the rules for a reason, they're, they're, at the end of the day, they're creating a product that they're trying to sell to however many millions of people that watch the games. Um, and my first thought is you look at one of the good examples, there's a rule change where if you were backed up, um, I don't want to get too technical in football. It's okay. One of the first thoughts, yeah, I don't want to get too technical in football, but there's there's some opportunities to you know bend the rules. And someone who's notorious for that is Bill Belichick. Most people know who Bill Belichick is, mm-hmm. the uh, head coach for the Patriots. Um, they would use the rules. They would know how the referees, where the referees would be looking, uh, how the referees handled you know exchanges or pauses in play, and they would essentially. I mean, they had to, they changed this rule. Bill Belichick, uh, he in order to cause confusion with the other team. The refs gave the team a certain amount of time to make uh, substitutions on the field. Okay. Uh, so one of those, I think we mentioned fourth down maybe earlier in this conversation. Yeah. Um, one of those times was fourth down. Are you going to punt the ball or are you going to go for it? Right. So there's two different units that would be on the field uh, for the defense, the, yeah. the team that would receive the ball based on the indicators of the offense. The only indication from the offense that you have, the p- people with the ball that you have, is the people that they have on the field. Interesting. So Bill Belichick would have their uh, punt unit on the field. Um, and then very quickly, you know, the punt unit doesn't have their starting quarterback. It doesn't have their starting offensive line. It's people that look like me um, that are blocking to go cover, kick, and make a tackle after the punter punts the ball. Right. Uh, he would then, they, in a coordinated effort, run the punt team off and run the offense on. So then you have the mismatches of and a then the other team like wouldn't have time a, to react. Or like, yeah, and then, and then as a def- as a defense, you wouldn't have time to make a substitution. Wow, right. Um, so what do you so think about that? Ha- yeah. Well, so what ended up happening changed the way that defenses play the game. So if there's a down and distance on fourth down, say it's fourth and short, for example, you have a special punt unit uh, that you put out in anticipation that they could potentially run their offense. So you'd have more defensive type players as opposed to special team type players. Um, so there's there's ways that people have bent the rules and the way things have, uh, you know, sort of managed in the game to their advantage. And I think if anything, it adds to the game. Those are things that people don't think about when you watch, but in terms of being a player and understanding the game and, and uh, a true fan of the game, uh, those things are really, to me, I think they add to the game. It's okay. just another level of complexity. It's like, uh, What's the what's the what would the equivalent be in video games? Spawn well, camping. So you figure out where the team say. spawns yeah. and you just camp. Like you win the game. Like what's the, what's the point of the game? Are you winning? You know, if 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 that's your the way you're playing the game, uh, you know, you find out where the other team is responding. You know, good for you. So you I, think, I think it's like uh, another I'm not a spawn camper though? That's bullshit. Good. <laughs> it's another like interesting <laughs> layer though. You think it's like a layer on top of the existing strategy that yeah, is interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. For it becomes a part of the strategy. There's, right. There's like a, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, it's so, not just getting the ball in the end zone. It's like, how do you do that? And there's ways to manipulate the game in order to yeah. make it maybe a little easier, more difficult. So in the world of video games, things like this happen sometimes, right? There, People find exploits that go those beyond glitches. what the like game was intended. And frequently those will get patched out. Sometimes yeah. they'll be kept at like, there's like two worlds, right? Either they're just like immediately removed or mm-hmm. They become like a thing that everyone has to know. Right. And I don't know. Like, I think there's like there's arguments for both options. Right. Like because they could have made a change to football with this with the Bill Belichick stuff where they basically like the offense had to tell the defense 
which 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 yeah. players were going to be on right and they could have done that and that could have been like the removing the exploit thing but it sounds like instead people just adapted to this new in like, that particular meta well, to your game. point i mean there's rule changes every year based on the experience of teams and players and coaches from the previous year uh, so to your you know they some rules they change some rules they leave in place they might make some minor adjustments um, there's a lot of rule changes that they've made for safety in terms of kickoffs and onside kicks and things like that. Uh, so it's really about, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, they're selling a product. So yeah. what's what's going to uh, keep that product um, as valuable as possible? And my mm-hmm. first thought is these games, some of these glitches, I remember on Modern Warfare 2 back in 2013, I forget what map it was, uh, but there was this glitch where you could essentially – um, you'd be on the map, but you wouldn't be visible on the map. Uh-huh. It's like you're shooting from the sky or something. And, uh, you know, I just, my shit is whack, man. <laughs> I, I would never know how to do it. And YouTube wasn't heavy like that where you <laughs> right. could find everything you needed to right. know. Um, that was back when you had to, like, order gaming magazines. Yeah. yeah. Check and your the, Nintendo the, Power and see if it has yeah, the, yeah, man, the, the, the free uh, demo discs. Uh, yeah. I lived off of the free demo discs. I didn't <laughs> Me even, too. I Amazing. <laughs> I had those PS2 demo discs. Oh, shit. I played a ton of them, man. Yeah, man. Speaking so, of which, did you ever play NFL Blitz? Sorry. Uh, NFL Blitz is a good game. No, I never played. See, oh. I wasn't really into uh, sports video games heavy, heavy um, until okay. NCAA football came out. I, I never really, I never really got into Madden, even uh, playing in the okay. NFL, I never got into Madden. Uh, to me, it was you like, never why am I playing this? Like, no, I, I I have played. Um, I don't know. If that I was your chance, bro. That's, yeah, no, I've. I've uh, What's the, an I NFT? Sure. We need a Josh Martin NF Madden NFT man. <laughs> Listen, there's some really cool ideas that I have for NFTs and sports, and I wouldn't be Ooh. surprised if there's someone making some stuff up right now. Cool. Um, the different experiences. It's like, well. There's different ways to capture oh, uh, elements oh, element, hear, elements of the game. I uh, want to so hear them. You get yeah. you capture a Rafi. Get out of the light. Come on, dog. <laughs> my pup Rafi. Oh, hello. Hey. He's my uh, studio manager. There you go. <laughs> you may have seen my cat running around. She also <laughs> manages my studio. If she decides that I shouldn't be talking <laughs> anymore, she knocks my microphone over. You yeah. know, yeah, uh, Rafi. Yeah, so recording. Rafi, uh, Rafi, if you're gonna be up here, at least say hi, dog. Oh, hello, hey. hey, If you are listening to this in audio, you're making a mistake. You should be watching this on YouTube. Very true. Uh, so, you can you repeat your question? I forgot, Rafi. No, yeah, my I you just you rolled into something that we actually touched on at the beginning of the podcast, and I said maybe we'd circle back too. I, Skyler, oh, if I'm yeah, hijacking the your question, idea, you can pause us and you can oh, finish uh, out your. Thing, you, you know how I feel about NFTs, but it's fine. We we can go. We can go. I'm more, back I'm, I'm more interested in the thought experiment of yeah let's uh let's put aside maybe the the bullshit financial things that are going on right now maybe just kind of explore the realm of p- potentials that josh has cooking in his head oh, yeah i mean i think when you there's if you look at nba top shot they're capturing like clips of games like crazy moves or dunks or crossovers that players have i think it would be really cool if you could own um something similar like that's you actually own, really. You own a touchdown pass from a Super Bowl. Yeah, the like the replay of it. Yeah, well, you know how NFTs work. There's tons of digital copies, yeah. but there's only one owner. Right. So if you were to mint mm-hmm. the game-winning interception of the Seahawks Patriots game, when you know they didn't run the ball, yeah. I feel like that could go for a nice chunk of change. You I, own that moment in history, and the NFL gets auctions because NFL has the rights to that. Yeah. And when you look at players being able to monetize their brands. 
all right, well, maybe you own a football throw from Peyton Manning. Right. No, I, I mean, based on, the, you know, based on how the market for NFTs has like evolved, it totally seems like that would be something people would be into. Listen, my, my whole conversation with, with NFTs uh, that I had last week was if you're not asking yourself or someone isn't asking you, you know, you say what your plan is and they say you can do that, then you're not thinking big enough, man. Cause <laughs> there's so much that you could capture uh, in that space. Yeah. And like I said, this, the space is for the creators right now. And it's, it, it will be. That's the whole point of decentralization. You're moving the middleman. Um, giving more power to the people. So I, I think uh, the sky's the limit in terms of what you can create. You're really just yeah. uh, limited by your imagination. So I think there's some cool opportunities there. I've thought about reaching out to some players and like, hey, man, you know, uh, maybe we should, you know, capture a GIF or, you know, measure the velocity and trajectory of a football or Hail Mary throw. And you own, you know, you can sell that. You can make Josh, it. if you and, uh, put a GIF out of you like slamming through a wall, I'll pay some shit for that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just- and that's not going to be on nothing, especially because one of the discussions we had with Skylar was like, unlike art in which the like if Picasso paints this painting, mm-hmm. yes, if you're a if you're a art noob like me and a picture of it is the equi- functionally print, yeah. equivalent from an entertainment value for you mm-hmm. as the real thing then this is lost on you. But if you know, you know, if, if you're a, whatever, an art connoisseur, if you will, you, you can tell, like you can see the brush strokes and whatever. And mm-hmm. it's not, it's not equivalent to the print, right? Like it's not only did Picasso paint that one, that's sort of the scarcity element of it, right? That NFTs can create. But in this case, it's also the, the piece itself is unique. And so right. some NFTs, um, some NFTs can't are functionally just duplicates of what's already out there. It's just minted, like you know what we were talking about, and mm-hmm. that. So it's the, the the legitimate version on the blockchain. But mm-hmm. I've seen um, some other versions. In fact, by the way, Skylar, just to we talked last time about this particular artist who uh, we're a fan of, Will Waltz. He one of his NFTs actually when. When you purchase it, it does have like a higher resolution yeah. that you can't get anywhere else, yeah. right? Yeah, this okay, is something a- that I really want from NFTs. I want some sort like for me to see value in a digital like ownership, I would want some sort of like a unique aspect to the thing you're purchasing, right? Like yeah. I don't want to just buy a GIF that is the same bytes as the GIF I could see on the internet. Like give me I would want some yeah, I think thing. that's real, man. Right. I, I think especially, you know, we're we're a little older. Um, sorry, excuse the pup. We're a little older, right? So, like, it doesn't make sense to buy something that everyone has access to. What's the point of purchasing it if you can experience it in the same way right. everyone else can? Exactly. Um, so I think a lot of artists are trying to do that, uh, differentiating the experience uh, of the actual owner. I, I think, think that's really the, cool. There's one person who actually – a lot of people, there's – when you buy an NFT, you also maybe get a physical uh, representation that. of the art, That's whether it's cool. a pair of shoes or actual physical art. Uh, I think there's one dude who had like a, a vault where the art is located and only the person who owns the NFT can visit it and, and see the art in, in person. So That's there, amazing. Like said, <laughs> it's, it's limited by your imagination in terms of like what you can experience. So um, I think that's. Not to get too NFT heavy, man. One of the questions that you guys didn't ask that I was really excited to answer was like my favorite gaming story. Oh, well, oh shit. Well, let's hear it. Well, I, I, hear I, was, I wasn't done, done. I wasn't done, done, Josh. Okay. 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 So don't, don't hate me yet. I, yeah, I wasn't I, done. I, I mean, I wouldn't. Let's let's do do I just didn't want to lock off. It. It's like, listen, oh, like, no, this, no. Is like, this is a gaming podcast, right? You know, yeah, let's, uh, let's hear it. Let's, 
Uh, all right. So let me take you back. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Listen, th- this goes back to the Halo Combat Evolved yes, I uh, love era this. of Halo on the original Xbox One. Oh, shit. First generation. The I actually OG. didn't have the game for the longest amount of time. Uh, that was back when I was on my demo disc grind, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> I was on my demo disc grind. I finally got Halo and I have two younger brothers, so it was perfect. Halo, uh, we had to save up to get controllers, though. We didn't always have enough controllers for all of us. Uh, but when we able to do the the co-op or the uh, I don't forget like what split called, screen, versus, yeah, the split screen, yeah. I had to go against my brothers. I got a lot of practice, uh, you know, became really good. I didn't have an Xbox Live account, so all my play was local. Um, but one opportunity that I did have to play other people were like kids around the neighborhood. That was back when land parties were really oh, big. Right? Yeah. Uh, so we'd have the land parties and I had a couple of, of homies that I would play with. Um, actually this was like peak video game nerding out, uh, went to a land party. We had like four Xboxes. We had like tents and camped out, you know, TVs, extinction cords, the whole shebang back in the day, uh, with, with some of my friends. Um, so I got I got more practice in. I was confident in my Halo Combat Evolved abilities, particularly on the Prisoner map. I'm sure you're familiar with yes. that. Yes. <laughs> uh, and you know, with that Halo Combat Evolved, uh, the pistol, yeah, and that the, the physics the, of the grenades the, were the fucking nukes you could throw, bro. <laughs> yes, um, they were they were too legit. Um, <laughs> so it got to the point where Prisoner was the only map that I would play, and I knew every square inch of this map and you know what i I, you can hate me if you want but even on on split screen i'm a major screen looker (laughs) even (laughs) talking about exploiting the rules (laughs) yeah it's like listen if if i knew where you were in a map even off my periphery i'd know where you were so it's like i wouldn't even have to try to look and then you just throw Uh, a grenade like you know the line but even even if i didn't know where you were if i I don't know if the sound was that good. You know, they didn't have the headsets where you could hear footsteps and stuff. Uh, But if I saw you on the prisoner map, you were as good as dead. (laughs) There, there was, there was a point in time where we're doing uh, two versus two split screen. My, my buddy, uh, my good childhood friend, uh, Ronald Halo. Yeah, Ronald. His name was Ronald McGee. Uh, He wasn't a big gamer. He, he wasn't enthused by games. Um, It was me. We were playing against our friend uh, Arthur. Forget Arthur's last name and his little brother Ryan McGee. Arthur and Ryan are formidable opponents. Like they're legit. <laughs> uh, the entire we're playing in prisoner. Uh, the entire time, Ronald is just throwing grenades, plasma grenades up in, in the air, trying to catch them on his face. So while he was actively <laughs> trying to kill himself, I took on one versus two. <laughs> destroyed. Oh, you Absolutely. destroyed? No, I destroyed them, dude. That's how that's I'm not trying to flex, but like that's my peak gaming days. I was that's like amazing. middle school. Um, Man. if I saw it because you know, that pistol three shots to the head, you're done. Yes, uh, well, second- it, but it, you you also had to lead your shots, right? You know, there was there was a little finesse there. There, you know? there was finesse. I had the finesse, man. I'm telling you, I was no, <laughs> no scope, and prisoner wasn't too big, so you could no scope easily anywhere on the map, right? Uh, with that yep. pistol, um. And yeah, it was dude, just like I, it was one of those things where it was like I was like a phantom, like walking through walls almost. Like, how is this guy doing this, man? How is he? <laughs> and I, I, that's my craziest gaming story. Like, that's peak gaming for me, as good as it got. One versus two with my teammate act- actively trying to kill himself. They were killing him while, like, while he was killing himself, and I was just roaming the map with my pistol. You know, I think we might have had infinite grenades on, and it was all she wrote. It was done. 
That's amazing. Was, uh, this was, makes me want an phantom, Anthony. The Phantom of Prisoner. Anthony Josh, <laughs> Prisoner 1v1. I'm just no, saying. You know, next Josh, time Josh, Josh comes on the podcast, we're getting Anthony, Josh, Prisoner oh, 1v1. I would, I, would, I would be crushed by Anthony. Prisoner yeah. 1v1 for, for a KO Koala I, NFT. Just I would be. <laughs> I would be crushed. Uh, I, I would play for fun, but I, I wouldn't have the same expectations. No, but that's, you know, like they, my, my gaming glory days. It's amazing. Did you do any? Did you do any? Uh, like lugging around some big CRTs, you know, for the land party? Yeah, I, I think. Uh, honestly, dude, we fucking broke one one time. We had a mean? Halo land party. Yeah, me and my bud had one, and I thought he said like we were. It was one of those like you're going down the basement, you know, with uh-huh. the fucking. You know what, what? What were we? That's two thousand. What were ten? You know, yeah. we we. I'm, I I swear, yeah. I'm not they're even cr- confident. Like, I'm not confident their parents knew we were moving it. Like, we had it, <laughs> and like, he, I thought he had it, and if, we were close to the end, and f- yep, fucking, it, it was that, like, it. you know, crack. Yeah, uh, you lost the top corner screen. We would do four player split screen, and we just had a controller plugged in for nothing, just so that like the way the <laughs> three would show up. Like, yeah, you had to know where to put it. Was it first that's player? Amazing. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was the that's, second player slot. Broken. <laughs> yeah, but that's great. No, yeah, we we do. We should play. We have you know they came out with Master Chief Collection. They re they remastered all they they didn't remaster all of them, but Halo One and hey. Two they remastered. They brought them all. We've been playing with the guys from the Discord. We play Halo like uh, every other day almost. Yeah, man. Let me know. I don't have uh, my video and stuff set up out there, but I could. Uh, I guess, let me know. I don't know how to set that stuff up, man. I don't even have the uh, new Xbox yet. You guys have the new Xbox yet? Or you no, guys play? Well, Anthony bought so one and then he gave it away. Yeah, we did give one away. We gave a oh, we gave an Xbox man. away. I, would you give well, it away? Let's figure dude? it out. <laughs> would you, would yeah, you well, it? Shit, dude, if I had one, man, I like that. You know, you've heard. I, you might have heard of like the inventory issues with like both yeah, consoles. I mean, you, you can't get any of them. I'm oh, saying, would you yeah. give it away again or keep it for yourself? <laughs> I don't know what to do. You know because. Uh, there's this question of in what should I do the investment in we've had this conversation before on the podcast like Skyler's big PC gaming guy right he's got oh, okay. a fucking monster PC it's badass as fuck it runs uh-huh. everything at like you know better than real life I quality get, I get 500 kind of FPS in Valorant now dude oh, 500 500 what does that look like I mean it's the same right actually like <laughs> it the, once you get over like 144 165 FPS it's almost impossible to tell the difference uh-huh. anyway like it's basically invisible to the human eye but uh all not to get technical but all that matters is that the servers process data at a specific speed so as long as your fps is over the the tick rate that the servers are processing you the data it, you're good you you're good as right. good as you can be which okay. is like one 144 so it's very unnecessary but it's cool it's a high number you're like look Man, how high my listen, fps that's number impressive. is yeah <laughs> You know, for me, though, personally, just for what it's worth, slight thing here on the FPS, I swear, man, I feel, I think, you know, the way Josh Wright that works, a game, it's fucking crazy, but a game has, if you're running at 60 frames per second, 16.7 milliseconds to render a frame. That means, like, simulating where things are in a part, in the scene, if you will, every frame, and it, to do that 60 times a second, you only get 16.7 milliseconds to do all your that's fucking right. computation. Processing right. all of the player input, processing everything that's happening in the game. And now if at 500 FPS, that's like less than a millisecond, right? Probably. Yeah, I was going to say 120 frames per second is 8.35, right? Or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So, yeah, we keep dividing that by two. It's crazy. Computers are crazy. <laughs> Damn. 
I never even I thought just, about it that way. I just think, hey, man, is it HD? Is there lag? Like, <laughs> right. am I walking through a wall? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing I was going to say. I personally feel when I play something north of 60 frames per second, I know my eyes can't perceive it, but I think what I'm feeling is the more responsive element, right? Because, I mean, it's processing shit twice as fast as it was before. Yep. So somehow I'm perceiving that I'm, like, smoother. You know? you know what the biggest thing for me with the upgrade specs is like how fast does it take to download a damn game man? <laughs> there you go you know i have because if i don't play for a few weeks you know i'm tossing on call of duty to play with my little bros there's always some 20 gigabyte yep download and it's like my wi-fi is fast you know to get the gigabit speed i don't i don't play with my wi-fi man um i was gonna ask what, what's your speed over there you're in new york right now right yeah i'm in new york i get about 800 to 900 nice. i have a friend who has i have a friend who has gigabit and whenever we both download the same game at the same time i have like 300 megabyte or 400 and he, he's always done he's like i'm in the tutorial and i'm like shit i want to play <laughs> well that's the thing like i have this fast internet but the systems don't down and i'm not a pc gamer obviously uh with the xbox the systems can only download the games so fast yeah they some of that downloading stuff is poorly optimized server. yeah so that's what i've been trying to figure out um that's my biggest thing <laughs> we'll, we'll figure this out josh we'll get set up. <laughs> you know yeah. 500 fps i'm not concerned about 500 <laughs> fps as much as can i just play sooner yeah, yeah no know? i got <laughs> totally fair totally fair that's fair okay so we got your favorite gaming memory were you gonna say something else josh though before i interrupted no, man. Stuff? You know, I was just a baller at Halo Combat Evolved to give me a pistol and infinite plasmas and prisoner. Game over, dude. All right, I, I, I would put that on most, like, most people. I <laughs> that was good. I, I like I'm this. Feeling, I, I like this really confidence. I, I was like very, this. You know, the thing is, like, now, no way. So I will put a disclaimer. I'm not going to back that shit up now. I just, <laughs> no, no. I, like, I don't play enough. Like, the joystick sensitivity, like... The, the controllers are different. The Xbox One controllers right. uh, versus the Xbox controllers now are entirely different. Oh, yeah, um, but not, you got some fucking huge not, hands. You know, what, you, you, you know what I'm doing? I'm just like whenever me and Anthony actually play, I'm just letting people, you know, I'm just – yeah, you're yeah, like, you like, you like, so if, I, if I don't win, it's just like, all right, you know. I'm just saying, we will it. come over there, bring the CRT TV, bring the original Xbox with the original, oh, that would, and then we'll, that that we'll get awesome. it. Easy. You that know, would be we wild. have our third member of the studio lives in New York. He lives. He in does. Bed Stuy, Brooklyn. Oh shit! Yeah, no, I'm I'm down the street from Bed Stuy. Yeah, he. Oh shit! I just, we were there a few years ago. Like anyway, we'll we'll fly out to meet Josh. We'll bring you some fucking CRTs. I mean, right now the airlines will probably let us bring wherever the fuck we want as long as we come. Yeah, so many empty seats there for the TV. Yeah, and, and we'll, we'll come meet up Josh, and we'll have some. We gotta find some OG Xboxes. Though my those I might have be oh, harder. Shit. You have one? Uh huh. At I my parents' like house. Too. My parents' house. Uh huh. At my parents' house. Yeah. I was at your parents' house, right? Mine of is course. Too. My GameCube, my X original Xbox, all that shit's at my parents' house. Yeah. Actually, I have. I think Brittany just found the Xbox. You know what we were doing, dude? We were hunting for Pokemon cards. Oh, I should ask you. Did you? Did you do get into the Pokemon did stuff? You? Yo, I had so many like first edition holographic. Oh, like I had the Charizards. I had, really? I think I had a uh, Venusaur, and uh, my mom sold them at a garage sale. Like oh, all my entire collection no. for like twenty bucks. This is like I, I sold my mom some of the, like the the uh, prices that they prices were going now. at, and she was just she was so disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went through my old cards, and I none of them were actual first editions, like with the with the first edition marker on them. I because I bought, oh. I thought I did, but they weren't. I I you have to have bought like the very first print run. 
to have the real first edition shit, but okay, then I I'm know probably I had, shit. Yeah, I, I thought I was I was hype. I was like, I have so many fucking Pokemon cards. I go, I look, nothing, nothing. I <laughs> but know still, I had, still worth something though, just not as much. Not yeah. enough where it's worth me like going through the effort of selling them. Uh, okay, yeah. You know, we've actually been flipping cards. My, Brittany's been flipping all kinds of shit. Actually, thanks to Gary V, some some trash post. You know, his his garage sale ones or whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. they're called. So, uh, yeah, she's made like a few hundred bucks flipping the most random crap. It's just like so kid toys that we're like, we should throw this shit away. Nobody plays with it. And it's like, let's flip it on eBay. And it's like, somebody's paying for this shit. That's like, it's crazy, man. Another crazy. man's trash, man. Yep. Uh, All right. I got to <laughs> ask you, this is my favorite question. Uh, if I know the answer to these two questions from anyone, I feel like I can understand like what kind of a person they are and whether I would like them. This, okay. They're very no easy, pressure, they're very no easy questions. The questions are: What is your favorite food, and what is your favorite animal? Oh, my favorite food right now is definitely pizza. Okay. Uh, oh favorite. shit! We have to ask him. Oh yeah, my we'll we'll ask you another follow up question. But wait, any top favorite kind of pizza, or is it just any pizza? Pepperoni. Okay, just classic, classic pepperoni. Classic pepperoni. Okay. Oh, that's my go to order almost every week. All right. Um, and then favorite animal is tough, man. <sighs> man I love chocolate labs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think uh, favorite animal, man, it's tough because I, you know, I, my college mascot was the lions. Okay. Um, but in terms of like badass animals, like what's my favorite? I think. Uh, I think cheetahs are pretty. Uh, you know what? Leopard, dude. Leopards leopard. are fucking badass, are man. Cool, yeah. There's some they're, really cool types of leopards. They're vicious too, man. Just, just powerful, smart. Um, just apex predator. Yeah. Um, I can fuck with the leopard. I wouldn't fuck with the leopard, but no. I, you know. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. That's good. I got you. That's a good but answer. Skyler, you, can you trust him? Can you trust me? What did I tell you? What I don't. I, tell you? I, probably, I can't remember. I probably told you like burgers and eagle, right? Yeah, something awful, probably. <laughs> but oh, you know another animal that might be, you might not get very often. I'm just giving you all my favorite animals. I love it. I love animals. I, so. I had I had guinea pigs growing up. Yeah. So whenever I went to the zoo and I saw the capybara. Yes, dude. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you that I used to say my favorite animal was a chinchilla, actually, which is very, okay. which is same family as capybara. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, on that. My favorite animal now is actually octopus though but okay yeah do you like to eat octopus or i just actually like the... stopped eating octopus because because, it's your, oh, because no. i learned okay. about like how smart they are and uh, like they're yeah, like one of the that. smartest animals that like exist and it, it it just was like i can't i i would be so hypocritical to like respect people's intelligence so much and then eat an octopus since I since the yeah, octopus that's is smarter fair. than me, I'm okay. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I, I feel like I've conquered something. You know, like there you go. I cheated. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I don't know no. what you said, Anthony. Okay. Anyway, here's the ultimate question that we've asked every guest we've had on any content we've had uh, we've made. Okay. So go for it, Anthony. This is Anthony's classic question. I already I already know the answer, but yeah, you know, make you? it spicy, Josh. Okay, make it spicy. Get okay. really mad Did about you, it. If you could only choose one of these two food items, the other one ceases to exist, never exists. You can, you never knew about it. You never can have it. Whatever. You go pizza or burgers. 
those are the two things that I eat. <laughs> uh oh, this is a hard one for Josh. No. Yo, I, I eat a bacon cheeseburger and slice and pizza every week, almost, man. <laughs> Wait, so I could never eat one ever again? Right. One is Thanos snapped out of existence, man. Yeah. But would I be able to have it before it happened, or no, would I not no. know? In this, in this case, pretend like you could have never experienced it. Oh, I could have never experienced. It. I would have known about. You it. wouldn't even know that you, it, it could exist. Yeah. Yeah, you're in this kind of weird situation where you're like in a parallel universe where you know about both of them and you have to make a decision for this other version of you that can only ever know about one of yeah, them. Yeah. yeah, Would 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 Josh Martin's life be better if only pizza existed or only burgers existed? <laughs> uh, you know, I have to... Uh... Damn. The hard question. That's tough, man. You know, I want to say... I've eaten so many cheeseburgers over the years. I would probably, I would probably. Is there a workaround for this? Can I break the rules? What if, what if I, uh, yeah, I've got a screen look right now. So can I, uh, what defines or constitutes a burger and or pizza? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're it's trying to get funny. fancy. Somebody pulled this on us. I don't remember right, who right. it was. If you, but put like, like, if you put like a bunch of sausage on a pizza and like some American cheese, right? And you put two slices on top of each other. We're getting close to a burger, right, Anthony? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I will argue you are not. But, uh... <laughs> so, like two buns. What if I did lettuce? That's 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 sacrilege. I couldn't do that. But just <laughs> hypothetically, what? lettuce on pizza? What are we talking about? No, let, lettuce like the you know they do the lettuce buns. I can't say I haven't had. Oh, the you're lettuce like a lettuce wrap burger. Not, that's not a burger. That's a uh, that's a, no. that's a I would say, beef. I would say salad. what is banned? What is banned is basically like the hamburger patty. That concept, I think is gone you can still have sandwiches right that kind of stuff is fine even like a chicken sandwich that's like burger with buns i think that's probably fine just like okay. the hamburger patty i would say is what's gone right anthony that's pretty reasonable you know i'm spending a lot of time on hamburgers so i think i'd probably have to get rid of the hamburger i think because i, I, cause oh. I pizza's just not a question in <sighs> my, my mind I, like I don't, skyler I think, I think is pizza gang right uh or what'd you say i don't remember, I remember i'm fucking I, wait so it's but this is actually wait. This is important. the The audience needs to know because I often give the pizza people a ton of shit. Because in uh -huh. my opinion, pizza is like bullshit appetizer food that's like not even close to the realm of burger goodness. However, 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 you have had probably some fucking awesome pizzas over there in New York. Because I had one pizza what that what last time we went to New York that was like whoa, and it was just pepperoni. It wasn't like nothing special, you know. Um, yeah. I you know what? Maybe I might switch my answer though, because burgers definitely have more going on, uh, potentially. Because yeah. I only get pepperoni pizzas. Burgers, <laughs> you can have all sorts of toppings. I mean, you can on pizza too. Pizza, you can't do. Yeah. You, you yeah. can't. You can't have a bunch of toppings on pizza because it exchanges your pizza experience. If you pick up your slice of pizza and all the toppings are falling off, it's too many toppings. I got you. you, I know, got in, you. My, in my opinion, in my I opinion, Josh is a connoisseur of pizza. Down, man. My personal beef is that I eat a fucking no half pun intended. Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I eat half pizza. And I am not even close to full, but I, I'm also feeling so like artery clogged that I'm like, I shouldn't eat more shit, you know, but like, so yeah. that's my, that's my problem is I have to down a where lot do you, of, where do you pizza. order your pizzas from? It's like it Papa depends. John's Domino's, Anthony's pizza. <laughs> Those places. He actually owns that, but I don't know if you know, that's his third job. 
Anthony's Pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's a Denver chain. That's a chain around Denver. Yeah. Anthony's Pizza, Anthony's Pizza, Pizza in downtown Denver, the original shop, is really good, man. It, it is really good. I got to check it um, out. You know, they have, you know the, the pizza that I think I like the most, the pizza style I like the most, is Thin Crust. Mm-hmm. Thin Crust. And then, you know, buy like three of them. You know, like the one I just did. Like actually, what size? For, like large? Probably like medium. You, know? you, you like, don't understand how much food Anthony eats. Anthony works out know, like, like hours every day and yeah, drinks like, like a thousand yeah, milligrams. My workout compared to Josh, you gotta go to Josh's page or Josh fucking like psycho I'm, man. Well, yeah, Josh, Anthony Josh eats so Josh much food. Legit. We go to this legit ass nah, barbecue man. place. Put some respect on your name, man. You you you're eating multiple pizzas. You're working. Your <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We go to this barbecue Tell place near us where you have to where you order by the pound, right? And like their like meal is like half a pound of meat with like some sides, right? I would I I see myself as someone who eats a, like more than average. I get like a pound, one point two pounds of meat, and so Anthony orders like three pays like eighty dollars three pounds of meat like saves like it eats it over the course of like the next like six hours he's just like Dude, uh, it's so fucking good <laughs> it's so good wait yeah, so this you, is this is a mongolian barbecue spot no just like no, this is american like barbecue. barbecue style yeah. right oh, like smoked okay. brisket pulled pork you know, yo pork you guys belly. gotta go down to austin man uh yeah, there's we do. this uh, have you been to franklin's I've never been to Franklin's. I always forget the name of the spot, man. It's it's just outside of Austin. Salt Lick Barbecue. Oh, yeah. Salt Lick in Austin, man. All you can eat. Oh, shit. I would love that. Three pounds, whatever you can (laughs) fit. Yeah, man. That's one thing about barbecue. You know, I eat it. And, man, for like the next two weeks, I'm like, I shouldn't do that again. Like. Yeah, yeah, already spends cheap. a lot of time on the toilet, but I'm sure that goes up exponentially. It's fucking super hey, man, as yeah. long as you're regular, you're <laughs> as you long go. as it comes out, man. There you go. Fiber. Fiber is such a fucking game changer, dude. And the orange Xylem husk shit, anybody who's listening who can't take a shit, you've got to try it out. They sell it at Target and King Supers. Changed my life. What is changed this? my life? They, Everyone they, wants they, to know how I'm so happy. support the show. Yeah, it's right. a fucking I, yeah. They should, man. They should. Yo, they, they another key enough. to stay in regular, man. It's just water. It's true. Drinking yeah, enough water. Really if important. you drink a shit ton of water, you will poop. <laughs> and if you don't, you should go to the doctor. <laughs> true. You're that right. is my uh, unprofessional, unlicensed medical advice. I feel like Take we have to have. One, we need one more question that we can't add on a poop conversation. <laughs> I don't. I don't give two fucks. We keep rolling. Our dev meetings in like a fucking hour. You got a poop question, Skyler? Fire away. I do not have any more poop. Co- My dad is literally a poop doctor. You think I need? I need to ask poop questions? Wait, actually, oh, sorry. The, the stream is kind of saying we didn't really get a definitive burger pizza call there because uh, you kind of walk calling they're, me out. They're, they're they're calling the stream out. chat, yo, dude. We were gonna yo, move I, fast, but yo, okay. He's going into the zone. He's going to meditate on this for uh, 30 seconds, and he's going to give us his answer. Just visualize yourself in both universes. I can't explain my attachment to pizza, but I can logically say between pizza and burger that a well-cooked burger, ground beef patty seasoned, marinated, right toppings, condiments, you know, the bacon, all the flavors, they meld together. I'm Burger King. 
Yes! Let's go! And I eat a lot of burgers and pizzas. All right. Uh, so you're, you're probably one of the I'm, definitive answers on this kind of I'm, question. I'm burger. Josh King. plays Halo. He chose burger. He's like the fucking best person <laughs> in the whole community, man. <laughs> yeah, man. He, I, he, I'd have to go Burger King. I, I know. Oh, damn. I've had a lot of good pizza, too. Yeah. But burgers in terms of flavor that leaves oh, me Josh, satisfied. Have you ever been to Five Napkins on Fifth Avenue? Five no, Napkins I've burgers? I've never been to Five Napkins. Oh, shit, dude. Oh, shit, man. You got to go. It's the best burger I've ever had at a restaurant. Five Napkins, man. I'm yeah. I'm there. I might have to. That might be a cheat meal this week. All right. I got oh, another dude. I got another uh, restaurant in New York. I was actually thinking of a restaurant in New York to ask Josh about, too, at the same time. There's a pizza restaurant called Artichoke. Artichoke. Artichoke is, what is solid, think? man. I, I, I'm not a fan. Are you not a fan of artichokes? Is that No, what? I'm not a fan of artichoke. <laughs> then, uh, then you probably would like it. I think there's better pizza places. Uh, Artichoke is a chain now at this point. There's is it really? Locations, yeah, throughout the city. Okay. Um, I went sure like six years the, ago. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, if you come to New York, I have plenty of pizza spots, man. All right. I have a running list that I rotate through. All uh, right. Depending you know, how I'm feeling that week. You know? What's, what's so your I, like I, favorite? Give give the chat like one or two pizza places so they know where to go. Uh, the pizza place that I've been frequenting most recently uh, Scar's Pizza, East Village. Okay. Uh, partly because it's one, it's really fucking good pizza. Uh, two, it's also black owned. So there nice. aren't a lot of black owned pizza places in New York. I, that's the only one that I know of, to be honest. Uh, and it's fucking good pizza. That's and great. I've, I've had a lot of good pizzas. Lucali's in Brooklyn is really good. Um, I, I, the Luke owner, Lucali, yeah, in Brooklyn. It's in. It's near Brooklyn Heights. I don't know the exact location. Cobble Hill, maybe. Huh. Um, but Lucali is really good. Mark Giacano, he he's done some content with some of the uh, cooler food blogs. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I, you know, like the new age, like hip hip hop type stuff. I Actually, see. we spoke. The first conversation that we recorded for Making America was at his restaurant. So oh, I had nice. a chance okay. to make pizza with him, and That's it's, amazing. it's it's delicious pizza. Um, that's cool. So if you're in Brooklyn, Lucali, if you're in Manhattan, Scar's Pizza. Um, I've been going to Scar's Pizza more often. Um, oh, but Lucali always has like a crazy wait. They, 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 really? they have the, they're one of those restaurants. They have crazy hours. They can open whenever they want to. And they're always going to have a line. Nice. That's sick. Yeah. Sure. Were you going to ask a food question, Anthony, or yeah, something? It's a food question. Okay. No, I, because what I'm thinking is that Josh you know, especially in your time in the NFL, you've done, you've surely done lots of traveling. Surely you've traveled a fuck at least in the U.S. Uh, I'm assuming. I have to. I, I have to know the best ever restaurant experience that you've ever had, and it can be whatever food, whatever place. I want to hear the best experience, food experience yeah. you've ever had in a restaurant. I feel like that that's a loaded question because I've had a lot of good food. Uh, by my opinion and measure and typically my best experiences are always usually the first experience of that food sure. interesting if that makes sense yeah um best overall food dining experience that was really fun and cool um there was a sushi um omakase that i had at uh sukiji i think that's how you say it let me let me look it up real quick so i'm not <laughs> i'm an omakase fiend by the way so i'm very excited for this story japanese food is by far my favorite food so yeah so su- yeah sukiji uh fish market in tokyo okay japan oh shit so it's legit uh, as fuck i waited waited in line for hours and when i like I, I like sushi and i was obviously excited to try the sushi when i say the sushi was so good 
Um, and just like the atmosphere of being at the fish market where they're like taking the fish out of the water practically uh, and then cutting them and putting them on your plate. It's tough to beat that experience. That was pretty. Oh, oh. I oh. about another experience. <laughs> oh. Okay, so this tops, this tops the sushi experience. Okay. A very similar. Um, Rafi, come on, dog. He loves printing stuff out of my printer, man. I don't know if you can hear that. Oh, he's printing uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. He like he like taps the he taps his nose and prints out these freaking test documents. All the time. <laughs> like he needs to see. Yeah, I told you, my studio manager making sure all the, ink levels the are equipment optimal. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, one of the best experiences that I had food wise. I'll say this is Rafi, please. <laughs> um, we have enough ink, man. Uh, <laughs> You're not gonna for my, long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of my uh, probably my top food experiences uh, that would beat sushi in, in Tokyo was in Italy. Mm. Uh, oh. I was out in Italy because I was big on Italian tailored suits. We have to dress up depending on the team that you uh, play for. You have to wear suits. Interesting. Um, like you know, when you go out in public. Yeah, when we travel to away um, games, I see, I see. We'd have to we'd have to wear suits. Uh, so you know, if you know anything about the NFL and uh, thirty for thirty going broke, you know that there's kind of this culture of who can outdo who. And I never tried to outdo anyone as much as I just wanted to make sure I came correct, so no one would say anything about the fit. You know what I mean? And suits, they're a great investment. I could wear all my suits for the rest of my life. Um, uh, that's a a tangent. I was in Italy because I was excited to explore the tailor, the clothing and things. Um, but on the trip, my clother, his partner was like an old Italian grandpa type oh. character. Uh, had the ac- Italian accent, you know, very well to do in the kind of suit mentions, buttons, linings, uh, that type of business. So he sold the pieces of the suits. So he's very well connected in Italy. Um, he was actually driving us around uh, like the countryside in different spots. And we'd stop to have lunch or dinner. We stopped in this town in the middle of nowhere in Italy. And we had like this feast. And as part of this feast, we had this risotto that I tell you, it was so good. I would still be eating it to this day. <laughs> Hands down. Like, if they would like, you know stay how, there? like, like that, it was just delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking awesome, man. It was good ass risotto. Uh, and I, it was, that was probably the best food I've eaten in my life. Wow. Um, wow. And then, you know, I have some great aunts. You know, I'm, I'm from Texas. I have family in the South. I've had some good soul food too. Um, but that risotto. Wow. That risotto, man, it was it was <laughs> orgasmic almost. Life changing, <laughs> life changing, man. You eat something and you're just like, damn, I have lived. That's <laughs> that awesome. That's amazing. Skyler, I step, you were gonna say something, Skylar. I, I stepped on it with that, that food. That was a way more exciting journey than what my question was. I don't even remember <laughs> what my question was, so that's fine. Because before before we call it good, the community had some questions for you, Josh, sure. and I def I definitely want to ask that yeah. one I saw- that. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Scott. There's one in Twitch chat that I, now that you're going to take community questions, I'll say mine because it was inspired by Twitch chat, which is what do you think about pineapple on pizza? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a pepperoni purist typically, but I'm not anti pineapple. No. Okay. I'm not anti. I like it. I don't think it's like lettuce on a burger sacrilege. I don't think it's that. It's still a pizza with pineapple on it. Do I eat pineapple on pizza regularly? No. 
Um, is it my first choice of topping? Absolutely not. But you wouldn't. Um, but but you not, wouldn't like kick someone out of your house for bringing a slice of pineapple pizza. If it was for them to eat, I would. I wouldn't kick anyone out if they ordered pineapple on their pizza. Like I got that. you. I, I got you. I wouldn't okay. think differently of them. It's be like, oh, it's kind of strange. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still friends you. at the end of the day. Okay. You know? <laughs> All right. What do you, What do you got, Anthony? Master Animus asks, "Do you play any musical instruments?" Mm. Oh yeah. I don't know if you can see. There's a trombone. Oh, that's oh, what that was. I didn't realize yeah, that was a trombone. a trombone. That's awesome. Yeah, so I grew up playing musical instruments, um, which probably wasn't really good for my teeth. I ended up having some Invisalign. <laughs> Thanks, uh, mm. Dr. Nicolosi. Um, <laughs> she, she helped me out. Straighten, straighten the pearly whites. Uh, yeah, no, I played alto sax. I played trombone. I played oh, tuba. Man. Oh, shit. Um, I was a band geek. Uh, right on. Tyler, you play sax. Right? I play saxophone, piano, and violin. And Oh, which sax, man? I played play some I, alto I play tenor. sax. Tenor, okay, dope, yeah. man. That's that's a sax sax man sax. That's, yeah, know? exactly. That, 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 that alto soprano stuff. Um, that's cool, man. Yeah, I, I love music. I see you have the the guitars and things in the background, man. So I'm always a fan of uh, people that create and, yeah, and express themselves. Yeah, Jembe from meetings. Israel here. Okay, dope. Yes. Yes. Yeah, man. I. I. Uh... Oh no way! <laughs> it was like. Oh, we can't hear it on we Amazon, but so we can't hear you. Oh, we lost yeah. Skyler. We lost Skyler. Something unplugged. When Skyler oh. gets it back, yes, he'll, he'll play this crazy ass thing. We, we need a new blooper wallet. Sax, tuba, and trombone. Master no? Amazon asked the question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's better. There was a. I, apparently, my thing was wrapped around my chair. This doesn't sound that good, but it's just I bought it for like eight dollars. One day, someone was like, "You should get a bunch of musical instruments to play on the podcast to annoy Anthony." And I was like, "That's a good idea." So I bought like forty dollars <laughs> worth of random crap on Amazon. But yeah, this thing's like, it's nice. It's got like, it's just C major, but it's sick. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's music worthy. You can make some music on that for sure. Oh, and then I got the ultimate musical instrument, which if you like musical instruments, you want another musical instrument to put in your background, you got to get one of these. This is an automatone. <laughs> what they, is that? This is the small size. Play There's it. a big one Play that's that really crazy thing. There's a, a, The big one's really cool. But yeah, so this, okay. it, it sounds like this. Oh, and then you can open the mouth to make it louder. <laughs> and then you can change like the octaves. Ah, okay. That's what's an automaton. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, the big ones are really cool. They're like the big ones are like uh like this big, and they have like a big neck. Okay. They're sick. That's funny. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Anyway, Next question for Master instruments. Was, what's sorry, your favorite Star Wars movie? Do what, you have uh, one? Can you can you repeat that? Favorite Star Wars movie. What, no, what, what's your favorite oh. Star Wars? No, I don't have a favorite. I'm a big Star Wars fan, but I'm not a big enough fan to have a I mean, when I was growing up, episode one, two, and three were the big movies that came okay. out. Uh, but I, you know, I watch The Mandalorian when it comes out, and uh, I'm a big fan of the Star Wars universe. Uh, I mean, I, I re referred to it earlier when we talk about you know some of the representations of uh, diversity and media. Yeah, right. and Star Wars definitely played a huge role um, in that earlier on, which I think you know. Is a powerful thing, but no, no favorite Star Wars movies. Oh. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, on on Instagram, Squid asked, "You kind of kind of answered this already, but he asked, what what games do you have a fond memory of? You answered that one. Um, I, I'm going to rephrase this part. He like, what was your favorite 
era in gaming. You talked about like when you first grew up, you were playing the Super Nintendo. Then there was like the Xbox era. Did you have a preference over one of the two? Like, uh, they both kind of special in their own way. Yeah, they're definitely special in their own way. But in terms of the best era of gaming and my personal experience, it would have to be between Xbox and Xbox 360. Those were uh, good. Those are those were cool years where you still had this like you know online gaming was coming on, but you still had a local. There was still a lot of like split screen stuff going on too. Yeah, I think I don't know. I don't have like a video game purist deal i think yeah, yeah, online yeah. gaming and all the competitions and esports is great for yeah. gaming but i think there's something there's to your point anthony there's something a little bit more intimate when you're in a room with someone that you're playing against. so that split screen was really really fun yeah yep, we've talked about it yeah. before go ahead Skyler. i mean like playing a video game a competitive video game in the same room as someone is such a different experience than playing with them yeah. online right like going to it i've gone to a few yeah. tournaments for like rocket league and some other games like that and like those in-person tournament experiences are so different from like from doing it online it's you just the energy man the energy yeah. i went to uh are you familiar with dota 2 do you know that the international it's like a really big esports event um it has no. the highest single prize pool of any esports event at all like i think okay. the prize pool last uh like 35 was like 35 million dollars oh, the, the first place team got like yeah like 20 million or something 18 million Damn. um split between five people like at five like 15 to 20 year olds or whatever not bad <laughs> yeah um but Cody's anyway college we went there <laughs> i went with some friends there um to the to watch it was in mm -hmm. seattle it was at like the seattle uh the arena that they have there near the space needle and stuff um okay and uh it's just a crazy experience there. We were like literally in the crowd. It was the finals of the international. It was literally a Chinese team versus a U.S. team. And tons of people from China literally fly out here for the international, like to go watch this tournament, cheer for the Chinese just, team. Just, just to watch it. Just to watch. Yeah. There's okay. like a whole section of the arena, like a whole seating section that was all that was all where the Chinese people always sat because that's where the Chinese like commentators were. So they always sat behind <laughs> the Chinese commentators. And there was literally like, it was like, it felt like being at like the Olympics or something where like they, when the US team did something, like the US people would like get super hype and the Chinese team did something, the Chinese people would get like super hype. And it was yeah. just like an amazing experience that you would never get like just playing a game online. Yeah, no, I think um, in person is everything. That's why the, there's something to be said about the in game experience when you go to a football game versus a TV experience. They both have their benefits. Right. Being able to watch the game from the comfort of your own space. But the environment, the atmosphere, the energy of the crowd, um, yeah. I think that that that's a major factor. I'll tell you, I you have, know, I have like very little turn. interest in sports like at all. Like I don't watch TV sports almost ever unless I'm in a group that's watching them. But I will uh, always like enjoy going to a game and experiencing it in person is always yeah. a fun experience for me, regardless for sure. of the sport. So there's yeah, clearly man, something the music, really different. You, got, you can see the hits and the the, the cheerleaders, the the stadium food, um, the halftime show, the game. You know, it's, it's everything. It's a it's an entirely different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it should, it would be, you know, Josh, we've talked about before, um, it, regarding maybe a kind, it's a more game design related topic, but we've talked about the notion of venues that while, you know, humans have played games, you know, since forever mm -hmm. in, in, in some variation. Right. But, and while games evolve and the technology and games evolve, the places where people play them often stay the same. And we've talked about like 
the there's different venues, if you will. There's the games that happen in the reading nook, you know, where people read. That's kind of where like mobile gaming has started to shine. There's Mm -hmm. games that happen in the hearth, right? Like those couch co-op, you know, Super Smash Brothers, Nintendo kind of games with the family. There's the workstation games, the dedicated, you're at your PC, like the Valorant Valorant kind of game. 500 FPS at your PC, yeah. (laughs) And then there's also one that would be actually maybe one day interesting to talk with you about is the stadium venue. You know, this is, or the Coliseum, I think is what this this particular author talks about. The Coliseum Mm -hmm. venue where it's, a large spectacle. This is kind of like what Skyler's talking about here with the rise of like these big sports tournaments. But um, that's something it's harder to experience. It, it, there's there's a there's a bigger, larger friction to point of entry, if you will. Right. The cost commute, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, so anyway, it, it'd be interesting to talk to you about one day about about it from that perspective, maybe. Yeah, um, I know they're doing a lot of virtual reality technologies that kind yeah. of simulate that Coliseum mm-hmm. type environment. What do you think yeah, about yeah. Uh, this? Is I'm not trying to like make this too much longer. I know we've been on for a while, but what do you think about the current like COVID football scenario where like they're playing with like virtual crowds and like what? How do you? I, I maybe you can visual. You've been in the real experience, right? So like, how do you think that would change how it like feels to play the game for like the player? Uh, Either I mean, playing in an empty stadium or with like virtual crowds, right? There's a lot of factors, right? Just because one, you have COVID, right? You, you people are testing positive before games, and um, they're delaying games, and there's, so there's that factor. There's a real risk of traveling and playing against other teams, um, and then you have like the actual experience of playing the game itself and what the crowd and environment provides that you're not getting. Uh, I think you know the the biggest one of the biggest revenue drivers or um factors for football is tv so as long as they can show the the game on tv um that's a bad answer let me restart (laughs) i think that (laughs) let me restart as a player playing in front of an empty stadium sucks yeah (laughs) like that's uh you know i think of my experience in kansas city when you know they set the the record for the loudest stadium in the world uh, you can't replicate that in a stadium at 30% capacity. That energy is just like when the field itself is shaking and you have to scream into the person's ear for them to begin to understand what you're trying to say. You're like reading lips. It's like you're screaming. It's like, what's the call? It's like they're yelling at the top of their lungs. By the end of the game, you can't even speak because your voice is lost because you've been screaming the entire time. Not as like celebrating hip hip hurrah. It's like, like, damn, like we have a job to do. Um, those are huge factors and experiences that uh, you just can't get in, in COVID. And those are things that to me were most enjoyable about the game. I didn't play this last year. Right. I really haven't played in the last couple of years um, in a regular season game. Um, but those are the things that I miss that I feel that are major factors. And when you think of like uh, home game um, advantage, right? Like home home field advantage, um, you don't get that in stadiums like Kansas City um, when you have less than half a crowd. You know, it gets it gets pretty loud still, but it's just not the same. So I, Dude, I think when Tampa actually, won the Super Bowl, I thought something was wrong with the broadcast because I was like, "Why is it like so quiet and stuff?" And yeah. then I was like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." No okay. one's there. Um, yes. you know, which is wild. I I think uh, I oh, definitely man, they, I watched the Super Bowl. I think it was uh, it was not a good game, but it was it was uh, I watched it. Um, <laughs> it was underwhelming. The whole season, in terms of like fan experience, I would imagine was pretty underwhelming. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, oh man, listen, can you imagine they, what? The, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go. Ahead. No, no, no. I mean, they had a season, which you know, this is something that's definitely uh, took a lot for them to pull that off. I was just thinking, man, you know, to have the Super Bowl in Tampa, Tampa win it. The Tampa owners were probably thinking, like, "Fuck!" Can you imagine mm-hmm. if, like, there wasn't COVID right now? Right. You know, yeah. it would be hype. It out would be mayhem. It's in Florida, yeah. first yeah, of all. So right. We all know yeah. what Florida yeah. is. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> it would. It would be crazy. It would like it wouldn't be safe. Yeah, I, like I wouldn't want to be there. No, yeah. no it's, it'd be true. Absolute it's true. Man. Uh, I've actually played for Tampa for a couple of weeks. It was the worst two weeks of my life. Oh, really? For a couple not, of weeks. Not, yeah, that's how it is, man. My uh, third year, I was on four different teams. My third year. Wow. So, oh, yeah. Four different cities, which was which was nuts. Oh, and, uh, the yeah. moving must have been hard. Yeah. The moving. Uh, it's nice to be settled in one location. That's something that's important to me, and I didn't have that that year. Uh, it was also earlier in my career, um, before I was more established as a player but uh yeah not to go into a, a long story but yeah it was it was a uh, there's a lot of things going on because i was bouncing around from team to team i didn't know if i was going to be able to continue my career uh you know i was at a hotel that had roaches and i didn't know where i was going to sleep some oh nights because i'm trying to learn a new playbook it was there's a lot of things not because tampa's a bad city it was more of my experience uh, I, like I actually pulled a hamstring when i was down there and that ended my career in tampa <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Not to be too but like, hey, oh, man, that hey, sucks. sounds like might have been a blessing in disguise on that oh, one. Sure. For sure, man. I, I, after Tampa, I, I was in Indy for a little bit and then uh, ended up landing back in New York, which is where I live today. So it's definitely a blessing uh, in disguise, if anything. So Can I, I, I want to ask you a personal little question on, on the front of the, like the Vayner Sports thing. What's like been the coolest thing in working with those guys? Like, um, are they cool, actually? Or oh, do they? Cool. Okay. <laughs> like that's the one thing about Gary. Um, that dude is real, I, real in the sense that he's the same person in front of the camera and behind the camera. Uh, I, I think his brothers the same. Like they have the same energy, the same people. They're authentic. They're genuine. Um, they're extremely well connected, um, and, and that you know benefits the people who they represent and the people that they work with. That's why his brand is so valuable, uh, not only for the information that he's able to disseminate. Uh, but the fact that it's from real lived experience and he's actually a business person um, who's had a tremendous amount of success and to have access to that uh, on a different level than someone who ca- casually follows him oh, yeah. or even a super fan. It's like, you know, I, I can text Gary and ask him, hey, man, I, I have an issue with this and he'll find someone to help. Same thing with AJ, uh, which is really powerful, man. They're incredible people. It's one of the best decisions I made in my career. I do not hesitate to say that. Um yeah, it's been an incredible journey so far, I, and we're still going. I remember when I, I when on the Kale Koala account, I think my mom actually was like the one like, Josh is on Instagram too, and I was like, oh fuck, and so I followed you on there, and then it said, you know, get, you know, it says like who you're followed by, and it's like. Uh-huh. Gary V and I'm like what the fuck and it was like Gary V Vayner Sports Vayner whatever and I was like holy shit I remember I messaged you I said like yo it's cool that you're in the NFL but the fact that you're fucking part of Vayner is way cooler <laughs> yeah life, man because that, that stuff is for life and they, that, yeah, they're exactly. really serious about that it's like at the end of the day do I generate direct revenue from them or for them no like they haven't they've haven't negotiated a single contract oh um, no, that's cool uh, they've definitely gotten me sponsorship deals and they've been a tremendous resource for knowledge. Um, and when, you know, you come on shows like this and, and you're able to kind of spread the the good word about the things that they're able to do, uh, you know, that, that definitely provides some sort of value. But those guys, those guys are real, man. They've they've been a heart to heart, man. They're they've been really, really good to me. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I'd, uh, I don't know. Our strategy in Kale Koala, <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. you see what we're doing. I, normal in video game indie studios don't go about kind of building a relationship with their community and brand before the game comes out. Usually, like I, actually, you can probably attest to this. For for the average person, if I mm-hmm. asked you, what's the name of the developer of Call of Duty? I bet you you couldn't tell me. Tell me. You can maybe tell me Activision, who's the publisher, but that's not the developer. Like Infinity the people War. who actually make the games. Do you know who have you? Do, do you have a guess of who makes those games? I feel like I've seen like a Treyarch logo or something. Okay, okay. Well, good job. That they Treyarch does make there's several hey. studios that make it. Treyarch is one of them. Okay. The average person though, like um they they don't they don't the developers are quite frankly the hired men who do the technical stuff and make the game and then the publishers are over here, right? And uh I don't know. There's um in Mar- in December of 2019 is when we started posting content and short it, it was right after uh my brother-in-law had kind of showed me Gary all of Gary V's stuff and you know mm-hmm. like inhale all his information and the books mm-hmm. and shit and I had been following a guy named Hex I don't know if you know who he is he's a Call of Duty esports org owner he's uh-huh. actually buds with Gary V but he's a uh, He's always been vlogging and shit and making content and whatever. And the brand of that org is largely carried off the content he's been making over the years. Mm-hmm. And so I always thought, like, why doesn't a game studio do that? You know, like, what if, because also the point, the like, the reality is of the making a living in making games is super shitty business. Like, you put in a ton of time into development, you have no the the space is super competitive saturated mm-hmm. with good products like yeah. good entertainment options and and now mm-hmm. the games are getting updated so regularly like the, the amount of time that you show up in a person's attention span as a game can be fleeting right like yeah. the whatever so how you know how can we uh, we per, you know we're 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 totally buying in the notion that um this is a long game and that we can increase our chances of survival if, uh, yeah, if we build a relationship with our community, authentic. I like what you just said about Gary's, like, really cool. Like, it, I don't know. I get the vibe that he's authentic, but like, it's one thing to get the vibe, it's another thing to. Yeah, he's the real deal, man. It's like, and there, yeah, there's nothing about him that's phony or fake, man. He's the real deal. And I think, you know, to your point, your brand that you establish is going to be more valuable than any individual game that you create yeah. at the end of the day. That's sort of uh, our exactly goal, what's going yeah. to be, that's what's going to be lasting. And that's, what's going to have the largest impact. Uh, that's your highest touch point. It's yeah. a human connection uh, that you don't get from a game necessarily playing as a character. You've seen the faces that are building the games and building the community. And that goes, well, that, that goes along further than being an actual developers being being anything in terms of your industry gary's a lot of different things uh i'm a lot of different things um they're they're people invest in the people they don't invest in the cool gaming experience i feel like uh, in the same way um yeah i mean the gaming experience gets supplanted easily gets out replaced with something yeah it's 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 fleeting like you said so i I think uh what you guys are doing is incredible uh i really appreciate you guys for having me on man this has been a lot of fun i've not i haven't had this much fun uh on any type of interview in a long time man like i can't remember last time i had this i got i got one more (laughs) chat question for you can i give it to you 
Yeah. Someone in the chat was doing their their stat research, and they say that you have 2.5 sacks in your career, and they said Uh they have to know if any of them are on Tom Brady. (laughs) No, they're not, man. Tom Brady's a hard dude to sack. (laughs) But that, that can't be because of him. That's the offensive line, right? It's a combination. So like the scheme, like the the depth that he drops at, not to get too technical, uh, the types of running play. How fast play, he gets it out. Yeah, how fast he gets it out. What is, what's the score of the game? If the game, it, he doesn't have to throw the ball, you can't sack him. Right, right, right. Um, right. So all those are factors. I, I haven't sacked Tom Brady. Who have I sacked? Do you I don't know who remember. you've sacked? Yeah. I would, Maybe I, uh, <laughs> who's, the, who's the quarterback for the um, – Dolphins. I feel like I've sacked Jay Cutler before. I feel like maybe oh, yeah? Tannehill I've oh, yeah? sacked before. Okay, um, Tannehill. Yeah, Tannehill was. I feel Dolphin, like I might have yeah. sacked him before. Who else have I sacked? <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I don't is even it, remember. I have, I, have two, I have two and a half sacks and I can't remember who. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that as satisfying as it is? When, when I play Madden, you know, the position I always thought was coolest in, in, in football, which I think I would have sucked ass at realistically if uh-huh. I tried to be serious about, it, was cornerback. Because uh-huh. it's like if you're a shutdown corner, like the, I told you the whole Champ Bailey thing. But like if you're a shutdown corner, and like the whole fucking team's like basically afraid of your side. That's so badass, you know. It's it like is you badass. don't. You, one person can have that much influence on a game. Yeah, that isn't the quarterback? And like you don't fuck with that guy. And and realistically, like to maintain that reputation, the very few amount of times that they test it, you basically like have to capitalize right. on you it. You have to be and successful make them pay. every you have time. That yeah. Very high win percentage um, because you get limited opportunities. Yeah, yeah that no shut way. down corner like label is like so badass. Literally you know? put up or shut up every yeah. time yeah. they throw the ball your way. Yep. Um, so yeah. I, I oh, but so what I would do is I'd be cornerback when you do that, like the Madden build your career mode or whatever the fuck. Uh-huh. And there would be these plays where you could like request to 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 uh blitz, right? Okay. So they would change the play, the defense, like they'd go to zone defense or whatever if the corner was uh-huh. gonna blitz. And getting it, dude, was like so satisfying when like you when you got it because they fucking like got rid it's, of it fast. It's a huge risk to blitz that cornerback. Right. No, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but man, even in the game, when you pulled it off, you were like, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> I, I can't. I imagine in person getting a sack is very satisfying. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Were, were they home? Like, uh, with a, actually, I, I think the last couple of times, uh, no, they were away. They were <laughs> okay. You want to hear like the stadium, like, sigh of yeah, dude. sadness? Uh, well, the sigh of sadness. No, but if you're at home, right? The uh-huh. sack and everyone fucking freaks the fuck out, right? Yeah, I. Uh, Did you ever have a play like that? That you were, or you were part of a play where, like, you guys, I don't know, fumble some shit. Everyone freaked out. Like, yeah, what was the coolest I, moment that you ever uh, had? I think the coolest moment is actually one of my game balls behind me. We played the Kansas City Chiefs, which was my first team. And oh, I was sure. In the Jets, and we beat the Chiefs. Uh, you know, they're easily a, a playoff team, I believe, that year. And um, it was my first year starting. This was 2017. I just got – it was the first year on my new contract. Um, and I remember – I had a really good game. But one of the plays that I remember the most, which, you know, a lot of people might not have batted an eye at, uh, was the kickoff coverage a rep where I was uh, essentially running down the middle of the field. And the game was on the line because I knew that if we – didn't make this play one they had a very explosive kickoff return unit because they have a great special teams unit they always have that's where i gained all my special teams ability uh their coach uh dave tobe is a uh you know he's a mastermind at special teams so they've won games on kickoff returns at the end of the game 
by scoring touchdowns. And they had who was the guy who used to return it? He was a fucking super fast dude. Yeah, the uh, Anthony Thomas was that yes. him? Yes, uh, yes, yes, Anthony yes. Thomas before Tyreek Hill. He was explosive at Oregon. I actually played with him and blocked for him when I was on uh, Kansas City's team. Oh, okay. Uh, and that was the guy who was returning the ball. So I knew I was like, all right, they have the Anthony Thomas back there. I can't catch his ass. Um, I'm not going to try. But So if he gets going, like, there's no chance. Uh, but he's a smaller guy, so he's easier to bring down if you can get a hand on him and you're a stronger guy. Right, 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 right. Uh, so I had a really good rep where, I, you know, I'm, I, I know their scheme, so I know who's going to block me within the first five yards that I'm running. Uh, he doesn't know that I know um, that he's blocking mm. me, but I essentially do kind of like a, a look away where it, I make it appear like the ball is running a certain way because um, I knew where the ball was going. So I do like a look away, basically influencing his block because his block is entirely reactionary based on me. It's a really hard play to make. I'm getting really technical, but it's a really hard play to make uh, when you have 50 yards to cover and someone's running at you full speed and you have to get in front of them based off of uh, where the ball carrier should be, but you don't really know exactly where yeah, he is. He's yeah, he's behind you. Yeah, he's behind you. So you can't see who you're blocking for and it could in, end up in any number of places on the field, uh, literally anywhere on the field. So I know this, and I use that to my advantage. Uh, ended up beating the block. Uh, didn't really even touch him. Um, just kind of gave him a little jab step. He was a younger guy, and I was uh, I had a lot more experience. Uh, but ended up being me and DeAnthony Thomas in the middle of the field. Uh, oh, shit. I don't know if you know much about open field tackles, one-on-one solo open field tackles. I like, sound, from what like I understand, is hard as fuck. It's, it's nearly impossible. Um, it really is. If you if you're on a, a punt returners more specifically, if you're in the open field, you pretty much you just try to stay in front of them and hope someone helps you. Yeah. Uh, it's very difficult to make those types of plays. Uh, so I, I knew that I was going to have to take my shot, and I kind of knew where the ball was going to go, and I ended up being able to get the Anthony Thomas down after you know uh, tried to juke me. Uh, that's probably that's one of the most impressive plays in my career that I can remember. That's really cool. Right on. I, I actually one, really one tackle with Anthony Thomas. It's really interesting to hear you talk so technically about it because, like, I definitely don't have like this deep appreciation for football like I do for like some video games and like yeah, games. I'm the really stra- the strategy is uh, is comparable, if not even more so, um, because the characters that you're playing at are actual people. Right. Um, not that there's there's obviously people controlling the characters in the games, um, but the coordination required between the people is I think it's a, it reaches another level. That you yeah. don't necessarily get in uh, video games. Yeah, you I have I the eleven v eleven, but in terms of like communication and coordination, uh, playing squads, like you, the largest team you're really playing with, really, I would imagine is four where you're that coordinated. Or five in uh, some yeah, modern five esports is like the max. Yeah, yeah. So you got eleven v eleven. I feel like the stakes are different too, which changes the experience. Like it's one thing, like you're gonna get shot in the game. It's another thing that motherfucker is gonna blast right. your ass off, you know, from the back. Yeah, I mean, listen, dude, like uh, from the back. Uh, <laughs> listen, that's, that that's very real. That's a good point, man. Uh, listen, that like I said, it. I've had I've had a number of injuries when someone's trying to take your head off. Um, yeah, yeah. Can, can you imagine that shit? Fucking like six four, two hundred and sixty yeah. pound, like professional athlete who trains, who spends, you know, dozens right. of hours a week His job training is on how to, to like beat the fuck you. out of you. Yeah. Like, yeah, like holy shit! <laughs> I remember we watched like one Broncos training camp, and I was like, uh, I was blown away by how fast they close speeds. I was like, yeah, you're in a fucking room with one of bad. those guys, and you like, you're not are, getting away, man. Oh, you're screwed. You know? Yeah, like, especially with football because it's all short distance speeds. Right. It's, it's high burst. Uh, yeah. You know, there's only a few minutes of gameplay 
per game where they're the right, 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 right. Is actually like being moved. Um, so it's, a it's, it's a really impressive game, and uh, I, I think you'd be impressed with the amount of strategy that goes into it, Skyler. No, uh, I, even based on just your one recalling, it was really interesting to hear you talk so technically about the strategy. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, that's what I appreciate about it uh, the most, uh, kind of the combination of the mental and physical, which I mentioned before. And that's yeah. what when I when I look at other sports, even esports, you understand the amount of technicality and skills and development and training that goes into being one of the best in the world at something. Uh, and then when you're able to accomplish that on some level, like you have a respect for people who are good at what they do because you know what it took for you to do those things. Right. Um, and you kind of yeah. you can imagine, only imagine really what it would take for someone to be successful in their respective yeah. sport or industry. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. Okay, did we get all the questions? Did we get I, all the I, answers? I got everything. I this saw. is yeah, yeah. This is this is uh, this is a marathon. Awesome, Thanks Josh. for sticking in here, Josh. I really appreciate. Listen, it. man. You know, I'm I'm having a good time. It is Taco Tuesday, though. Go get your taco. Uh, oh, shit. So yeah, I, get out I, there, I, man. I bid, bid you and adieu. Seven twenty. You for what's, you. Right? What's your taco yeah, of choice? Time. Raf, Rafi's mad at me because he is he's late for dinner. But it's it well, yeah, I think you'll understand. Yeah. So what's what's the plan for the content? You guys have to send me the clips and stuff. I'll be happy to oh, post. Oh yeah, hell, sure there's hell yeah. Plenty of good uh stuff to pull. So yeah. even if you want to share, I don't know if you have the raw files, I'll I'll yeah. happily uh pull Yeah, we'll we'll rip this VOD down and we will uh Marcus who's in chat, he helps us out on editing. He's going to be splitting this out into some content, like you know, micro content pieces that we find interesting. But what for we sure. can do if you want, um, it's up to you. We can either give you some slices that we do, or you know, you can um we can give you the raw stuff too, and you can split it how you want to split it, you know, and do whatever you want to do to it. I mean, yeah. maybe both, whatever. Yeah, let me know. Whatever you guys uh put together. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll take that. I'd love to have the raw stuff. Can never have too much content. Sure. We um, hope so you know. there's, there's a lot of good stuff in here, too. Yeah, yeah, man. I think there's some good stuff. So I'm, I'm happy. Uh, let me know when you guys publish this. And uh, like I said, man, I'm excited to be here. And uh, we got to do this uh, Halo thing. Next time. They were asking. They're asking this right now in the chat. Links, who's uh, th that British guy, who, the little British kid who's, uh -huh. in, who's in the chat? Actually, he's not little. He's like 6'3". Anyway, he was, he was in, Yeah, he's fucking 13, 6'3", British boy. He's uh, He just got into Halo, and he's been like playing shit ton of Halo 3 with us on stream, and he was asking in chat, he's like, Tell, ask Josh to play with Halo with the boys. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll play so, some Halo. Listen, I'm, I probably won't live that long, but I'll play. <laughs> you'll, you'll, I'm sure you'll, we'll, we'll you'll take get her back. You, we'll take no. For for real, if we'll have to check a room. I'm down. You know, I'll take one for the team. <laughs> there you go. I'm not we'll, concerned. Uh, beta. We'll sync up with you so that we can um we can figure out your gaming situation. We gotta get you set up. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. I have I have the uh, Xbox uh, One X and um okay. I think yeah the Xbox One X the when they updated it. I don't yeah. have the Series X. Uh, and I got to figure out my I need a new desktop as it is. So I was talking to Anthony. My hope is that the uh, new IMAX uh, allow you to kind of use it as a monitor. I don't know if there's a way to work around, but we'll figure it out, though. We'll figure it out. I'm going to get to Taco yeah. Tuesday. Do I appreciate you guys for your time. Thanks Thank so you much. so much. Uh, we'll, we'll be in touch, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank Have you. It was great night. talking to you. For those who are listening later on audio, thank you for listening. You can find information on us at kalequalentertainment.com. There's links to all our social media. You, Josh, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on all social media, Josh Martin 95 All uh, one word? 
right? All one word, Josh Martin 95. Yeah, and it's spelled how you think it's spelled. Yep. Exactly. Yes. Perfect. Right on. Thank you, Josh. Hey, catch you guys later. Have a good night. Peace. See Bye. you, man. We'll Bye. see you.